Last night, the Vancouver Canucks played their final home game of the regular season against the Los Angeles Kings. The Canucks trailed 2-0 heading into the third, but battled back on goals from Brock Besser and Alex Chason to force things to overtime. And after some frantic back-and-forth action in the extra period, the Canucks found a way to earn the extra point. Pedersen falls to his knees. He's being hounded. Fans want a penalty. They won't get it. Play continues. Besser finds it out of the corner. Comes in front. He shoots. Save made. Now Besser with a rebound. It's blocked. Besser again. Scores! And the Canucks are going to pour off the bench and celebrate their home finale in winning fashion. A two-goal performance from Brock Besser with just under 30 seconds to go in OT gives the Canucks a 3-2 win. Tonight, the Canucks wrap up the campaign in northern Alberta. And even though there's nothing to play for in the standings, there are significant milestones within reach as JT Miller is oh so close to hitting 100 points while coach Bruce Boudreaux is one win away from 600 for his NHL career. It's the Canucks and Oilers in Edmonton. Live from Rogers Place, this is NHL Hockey on the Sportsnet Radio Network. This is Alpine Credits Canucks Hockey on the official home of the Canucks. Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Welcome to Game 82 here for the Vancouver Canucks. Tonight on the road, capping off a roller coaster ride of a season. They're in Edmonton getting set to take on the Red Hot Oilers. Hello everyone, Joey Kenward and Corey Hirsch with you here for Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Corey, the Canucks have had a fantastic finish to the year. They've been one of the hottest teams in the league in the month of April, but it's all come too little too late. They're not going to the playoffs. Tonight's game, nothing on the line at all in the way of the standings or postseason ramifications. But the way this team has played the last number of weeks, this doesn't look like a team that's just going to go through the motions tonight, does it? No, you got one last chance to prove yourself. One last chance to prove yourself to the coaches. One last chance to show everybody around the league what you can do. It's more important for your 34 points, probably, you know, Miller, Pedersen, Messer, those guys are going to be what they are. Besser, you know, maybe wants a couple more goals. If he gets 25, you know, he's in a contract. So that's kind of where it lies right now. JT Miller's got 98 points. So you're looking for little individual successes here. Not so much, you know, you want to play a smart team game, but, you know, a lot of guys are up for some, yeah, some interesting things. I uh, want to play some smart bets. Head to Play Now Sports, your local BC sports book. The Canucks are... 215 on the money line tonight. So they're the underdogs going into this one. A $10 bet has the potential to win 1150. That means for a total payout of $21.50. Head to Play Now Sports, your local BC sports book. Hershey, you mentioned JT Miller. Two points shy of the century mark. It is already a banner year for him in his NHL career, but he could move into very exclusive company in the history of the franchise if he can get to 100 points tonight. Do you think he gets there? Uh, you know what? No Dreisaitl, no McDavid. No Darnell Nurse no as Darnell well. Nurse. I think he's got a good chance. I, I really do. And you know what? If I was him, I'd be playing. I'd be playing pretty damn hard to get 100 points. And I think his teammates will try and play too for him to get him this You know, I asked Bruce Boudreaux in the press conference post-game last night. You looked like you were double-shifting Miller out there. Was it a concerted effort to get him as many points as possible? He said, no, I was only putting him out there because he was our best player. <laughs> you know what? Valid. He was. And you know what? You still got to win. And Bruce Boudreaux, you're still, you're still pushing to win, and they did win last night. 
and don't think it's not lost on the players. They might not look deep into the stats book like us broadcasters do, but Bruce Boudreaux's last victory was his 599th career regular season victory as a coach in this league. The players certainly know that if they can help his cause to get to 600, they're going to do everything in their power because, let's be honest, this looks like a team that has played for their coach down the stretch draw. Well, yeah, and you have to look for anything to grasp on. Right now, that's where the motivation lies. Edmonton, I don't think they really care whether they win or lose. They just want to get through this game. And watch for Costco on the left side. Take a look for that Joe tonight. Brock Fester's looking for 25. A couple other guys looking for more goals. Goaltender Spencer Martin's going to get the call again, and deservedly so. His numbers, albeit on a limited viewing at the NHL level, are eye-popping, Corey. He's played five games. He's allowed nine combined goals over that span. He's been dynamite, hasn't he? He really has. And you know what, Joe? Like, I wish more teams would give older goalies a chance because... You're actually a lot better after the You've learned what you need to learn. You've seen every situation. Instead, they treat goalies like prospects as soon as they're 24 if they're not good enough. Well, then they just watch them. But I know more guys that are better when they're 27, 28, 29, 30 than they were when they were 21. So it's good to see them getting a chance. Canucks aren't going to make any changes to their lineup tonight. It's the one they had last night in the 3-2 overtime win over L.A. That means the scratches include the injured Nils Hoaglander, Bo Horvat, uh, Tucker Poolman, and long-term injuries that affected their entire season, Brandon Sutter and Brady Keeper, plus goaltender Thatcher Demko and Yaro Halak are not available for duty either. The three scratches for Edmonton, and they are notable because they are three of their most, if not most important players on their lineup. No Connor McDavid, no Leon Dreisaitl, no... Darnell Nurse all getting the night off for an extra day of rest in preparation for their playoff series starting next week against the LA Kings. We'll have the opening face-off for you when we come back to Rogers Place in Edmonton. It's the Canucks and Oilers, and you've got it here next on Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Welcome to Edmonton, where the Vancouver Canucks have just gotten underway here with the Oilers in the final game of the regular season for both hockey teams. Joey Kenward and Corey Hirsch with you. Canucks are moving right to left on your radio dial for this first period of play. And quickly, the puck will get into the Edmonton zone. Taking it behind the net, Elias Pettersson. He'll wrap it around the net, right side boards. It came to Luke Shen. His wrist shot is stopped up high by Miko Koskinen. And he'll hang on for the whistle. You got Miko Koskinen in one end. You got Spencer Martin in the other. Spencer Martin had a 47 save performance. Shot him 47 out of 50, he said earlier in the year. And he kind of solidified you know, how good of a season, how good of a goal he did. Ended up losing it over. But still, he's got absolutely on fire. Unbeaten in regulation, Joe. 3-0-2. And, and as you said, unbeaten in regulation. And when you combine his numbers with what he's also done in Abbotsford this season. He's only lost four times in regulation all year. I don't care what level you're playing at as a pro goaltender. If you only have that many games and you don't earn a point, wow, that's a great, great year. Puck in front of the Vancouver bench. Brock Besser will come away with it for the Canucks, have a chance to lead it in deep. 
Coming away with a dough for the Oilers is Chris Russell, the veteran blue liner. Headman's at the center ice, getting it to Devin Shore. Shore will lead it into the corner for Brad Richardson, who intercepts for the Canucks. He'll clear it now out to center for Matthew Highmore. Highmore lifts it in deep, gives chase. Fell to the ice, got it beside the net. Couldn't find his linemate, Jason Dickinson, with the puck, though. Oilers have a chance to get it back, but they turn it over. Dickinson into the slot for Richardson. Tried to pass for Highmore, who was wide open in front, but it took a deflection, and now the Oilers clear to center ice. Well, like we were saying, I know it's an exhibition game, though, but those guys playing for things. Jason Norris playing for 98, and playing for another win. And as far as the Canucks go, you got to find motivation. you got to find things to play for. Oliver Ekman-Larsson letting the shot go from the line. It was blocked in front. And now Josh Archibald has a chance to skate it out of the zone for the Oilers and dump it down the ice. We near the three-minute mark here of this scoreless opening period of play at Rogers Place. Nice Barry getting it down low. Beside the net, Archibald trying to hack it towards the goal. Reflected off under the corner boards. On it is Myers. Feeding it up the wall for Sheldon Dries. He's pressured, had to go back behind his net. Myers will regroup as the Oilers are going to make a change. This will allow Vancouver a chance to set up the breakout. It'll be interesting to see what they do with Dries again this year. Probably going to go to Abbott's for next year. I, I, I'd like that. I mean, there's some guys that you can use to guys. And we'll see how the summer plays out. He's got two goals and an assist in the call-up games he's had this season for Vancouver. Was a power play goal-scoring leader for the American League when he was playing full-time in Abbey. Quinn Hughes skating with it out to center ice for the Canucks. Dishes it up the left wing for Alex Chason to Connor Garland. Back to Chason, who skates it around the net. Puck comes off to the right point. Shen is there to handle the pass. Throws it into the opposite corner now. Chason, a former Oiler. Mishandled the puck, and the Oilers were clear. A foot race to negate the icing is won by Ryan Nugent Hopkins. He, though, can't corral it out of the corner to find a teammate, and Garland will bring it back to center. Hughes drops it back into the Edmonton end. Didn't get it that deep as Nugent Hopkins has it, but he has his pocket picked by Miller, who's then knocked to the ice from behind by Nugent Hopkins. No penalty called on the play. Puck back behind the net, though. It's Besser on it for Vancouver. Comes clean to the left corner. Trying to get it back to the line. He feeds Brad Hunt. His shot is deflected just wide through traffic past Koskin and his glove side. Nugent Hopkins at the end of a long shift is taking it off the wall where he's pressured to the corner. Now spilled to the ice. And the Oilers do help him out with Cody Ceci having a chance to float it back to center. I can't believe there's no call on that. But I'm sure the refs are just going to let these guys play. Last game of the season. Puck back to the point. Long drive, sailed away just wide off the stick of Duncan Keith. Jesse Pugliarvi gets it back to Keith at the point. To his defense partner, Evan Bouchard. Wrapped it around the net. Evander Kane, his first touch of the puck in the game. Had it pushed away out of his possession. He'll have to retrieve it now back at center ice. No Connor McDavid, no Dreisaitl, no Nurse. Three top players at Edmonton not playing tonight, which helps, helps out the Canucks, but smart decision. you got to rest your best players in the last one of the year. Long stretch of play here without a whistle. Five and a half gone here in period one. 
Richardson gives chase to a dump in that goes deep into the Edmonton zone. Puck comes off the boards into the slot. Jason Dickinson couldn't get a shot on target though. Zach Hyman wheels the other way for Edmonton. Hyman in across the line. Throws a shot towards goal. That's the first touch of the puck that Spencer Martin has had in a few minutes. Vancouver will see Ekman Larson have a chance to bring it to the red line, chip it in deep, and Vancouver will make a full-scale change on the fly. 3-1, the shot clock favoring Edmonton at this stage of the game, but we're still scoreless in Northern Alberta. Joey Kenward and Corey Hirsch with you. Thanks for being with us on this, the regular season finale for both the Canucks and Oilers. Fourth head-to-head -head meeting, Edmonton's won all three. Josh Archibald passing it for Zach Cassian, but play is whistled down on the offside. Let's take a break. Canucks, Oilers, scoreless. Six and a half gone in period one. You've got it here on Alpine Credits Canucks Hockey on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Joey Kenward and Corey Hirsch back with you in Rogers Place. 13 and a half to go here in period one. 3-1, the shot clock favoring the Oilers at this stage in the game. Josh Archibald taking it wide right into the Edmonton, into the Vancouver zone, excuse me. Gets it back to the line for Cody Ceci. Rink wide, his pass took a deflection down. Brad Hunt had it for a moment, lost the handle. Zach Cassian trying to get it back for Edmonton, and he does. Off the wall, kicking it free for Archibald. Trying to get it back to the line. It split the defense pair. Uh, Bouchard and Ceci, they'll have to retreat back to their own zone. Now we're having a little bit of technical difficulties here, Joe, so try and maybe people like it, though. They can't hear me. We got, <laughs> we got a penalty coming up. I can hear you, Corey, just perfectly here in the broadcast booth. The penalty is coming up here to the Oilers as JT Miller was just taking a high stick. So Vancouver's got the extra attacker on the ice. And Ekman Larson has had to retreat back into his own zone. So now after Ward Fogle touches the puck, it's Vancouver going to work on their first power play of the game. JT Miller has a chance here to get 99. And Joe, what's 99 in Edmonton mean? A lot of good things for people from that city, <laughs> for sure. Glove side high, Koskinen. Let's see if it happens. Vancouver on the power play for the first time tonight. The guilty party in the box for the Oilers is former Vancouver Giant defenseman Brett Kulak. Vancouver on the power play been arguably their most impressive team stat of the year Hershey their eighth best in the league went on the power play and here they are to set it up to our broadcast left Quinn Hughes giving it off to Elias Pettersson wrist shot stopped down low through traffic and Koskinen had chase on set up right in front of him and he makes the save and gets the whistle well the power play the Canucks has been pretty much their saving grace all year long it's been you know, the penalty kill that killed them but you know, they've still got a lot of power. Chase on in front. He does a nice job. There's a guy that, you know, what do you do with that? If you can get him at the league minimum, I'd resign him. Why not? He's had a great year, 13 goals. League minimum, 13 goals. I mean, that's, he's going to look for more, but no one's going to pay him probably much more. So. Vancouver to work on the power play. Wrist shot by Brock Besser is blocked. Pedersen gets it back, though the line feeding Hughes now to Miller in the left circle feeding it down low deflected on goal is it in no it's a sprawling save and a goal line stop by Koskinen denying chase on in the blue paint now well, we might have to take a look at this I think he saved it though 
What a save by Koskin, and the tip goes back the other way towards his blocker. And it's a Brock Besser tip. He ends up getting it, and I, I don't think that went in. And this would have been a point for JT Miller, too, as well. Koskinen ends up almost knocking it in his own net. And it's actually the defenseman, Bouchard. Oh, no, Duncan Keith grabs it and keeps it out. Here's Miller in the left circle. His shot hit a leg. It comes now to Pedersen with a drive. Pad save made by Koskinen. And the Oilers, this time on a clearing attempt, move it down the ice. Uh, Canucks get a couple of good scoring chances out of that. But, yeah, it was Keith that pulled that one off the goal line for his goalie. This power play, by the way, brought to you by Plano Sports. Get $250 to Plano Sports, BC's Sportsbook. Hughes with it at the high slot. Taking a pass from Miller. Now that's a wrist shot goal. That's deflected high and wide by Besser. Besser chases it down into the corner. His pass took a deflection into the end, netting above the glass. And that's out of play for a whistle. 47 seconds to go here in this Vancouver power play. And like I said... Vancouver's power play that's kept them afloat. All the guys that get their points are on the power play. They just It's the third and fourth lines that just weren't able to contribute much. And that's nothing against those guys. It's just you know, they're all good players in their own right, but you need three lines of scoring. And as well, early on in the season, hardly anybody lines one through four or were scoring consistently enough to get the team results. Here's a chance in close for Connor Garland after a rebound off the end boards. He couldn't find the handle. Ekman Larson with it now, giving to Nick Patan. Beside the goal, feeding Garland. Backdoor feed, couldn't find Brad Hunt coming in off the point, and the Oilers will clear. Good setups here for Vancouver Hershey so far, but haven't been able to beat Koskinen to this point. Garland up the right side, feeds Hunt back to Garland, and his snapshot right to the crest of the jersey of Koskinen, and he'll hang on. 17 seconds to go here in this power play. I don't know how that stayed out, Joe right in the chest. Unless he had a hole in his chest, it's not going in, that's for sure. What do you make of Edmonton's bounce back year? From where they were at the midway point to where they are now, they've been one of the best teams, not only in the division, in the entire league in the last two months. So their goaltending was so bad in the middle of the season. That's where it was. As Koskinen makes another save, this time off of Ekman Larson. The resurgence of Mike Smith, who's getting the rest tonight, I think has been one of the better stories goaltender I'll tell you wise. about Mike Smith, though. Okay, so he's older. 80-game season is too long for him. So what happens? He gets injured, and then when he can see the light at the end of the tunnel, he can turn it up. And that's exactly what he's done in the last 20 games. And I know Mike Smith very well. But an older goalie, that's, that's tough. It's tough 80-game season. Sign him for home games. <laughs> Here's a chance in close for Jason Dickinson. He dripped it wide. Puck back to the point. Tyler Myers. Snapshot. Deflected into the crease. And Koskinen sprawling. Pushes it just past the post. Power play is now over for Vancouver. They had some great opportunities. Great looks. But we're still scoreless here. Nearing the midway stage of period one. Oilers get the puck back down to the Vancouver end. Myers will... Chip it behind the net for his D partner, Travis Dermott. Outletting it up the boards. Matthew Highmore got bowled over. No penalty called. Highmore's back to his skates to find a loose puck. He'll skate it now to the red line. Wrist it right on target of Koskinen. And now have a chance to peel off for a change. It does look like Mike Smith's going to be their starter for the playoffs. Now he was red hot down the stretch. 
to solidify second place in the division. I believe he's won nine in a row. Yep. Getting a bit of a breather tonight. Hughes playing it deep in his own zone for Vancouver. Takes a quick give and go feed from Luke Shen. Now comes to center. Hughes crossing the line. Hits the left faceoff circle. Rolls it to the crease. It's bounced into the blue paint. Now it's loose. Koskinen desperately trying to find it does through sticks and skates and gets the whistle. Let's take a break as we've just passed the midway stage here of period one. It's still the Canucks nothing, the Oilers nothing. You've got it here on Alpine Credits Canucks Hockey on Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. 9.26 to go here in the first. Canucks and Oilers are scoreless. You're tuned into Alpine Credits Canucks Hockey on Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Do you own your own home? Well, Alpine Credits can get your loan approved. Alpine Credits, where homeowners get approved, visit alpinecredits.ca. Joey Kenwood and Corey Hirsch with you. As the Canucks have had some good looks early on in this game, Corey, on the power play. Mikko Koskinen, though, has been equal to the task. And, and he has. He's played very well thus far. Had a little bit of help from Duncan Keith. But Canucks out shooting Edmonton 10-3 right now. Chase on will take the faceoff here in the Oilers' territory. Lost the draw to Derek Ryan as the puck rolls right through to Koskinen. He'll hang on. Well, now for the Oilers. They've got the one big line. They've got some guys that can score. question is, is their depth. So if they lose somebody in injury, long, tough playoff. And they still need goaltending, but they've added some speed on the back end. They're much better. No Barry Nurse. The interesting team to watch this year's playoffs. Duncan Keith as well. I was actually surprised to see him back this quickly after he got absolutely smoked earlier on this year. What looked like a season-ending injury, and you can't count out his experience factor as well in the playoffs as we've got a, what would have been an icing call here against Edmonton, but it's waved off. Garland trying to steer it across his own zone, gives off for Hughes. Pressured deep in his own zone by Fogel, but he got away from him and now headmans it to center. Puck goes into the Edmonton corner. Keith is there. Veteran rear guard, multiple Stanley Cup winner. Has it right beside his net, dangerously throws it up the wall. This missed everybody, and good thing for Vancouver. They're going to get the icing call this time and the draw back into the Oilers' end. Players like Connor McDavid, they eventually get a chance at the Stanley Cup. He's not going to go his whole career without getting an opportunity. Uh, it's just not going to happen. But when is the question? You know, every player, such as the, one of the greatest players, they all get an opportunity at some point. Another Art Ross trophy going into his awards case at home. What a year he's had. Getting the night off. It's a good thing if you're a Canuck fan. Also is Leon Dreisaitl, who set a record, a franchise record this year for power play goals, Corey, for Leon Dreisaitl. Joe, how about this? Montreal's up 10 to 1 on Florida. <laughs> wow. We'll look into that in a moment. Let's get back to this one here. Search that score sheet for me while we're looking at this one. Bouchard, wrist shot, sails wide. That's got to be a misprint, right? It's no, not. there's still eight minutes to go. Wow. As now Spencer Martin will cover up a chance and get the whistle. The out-of-town scoreboard actually says Montreal 10, Florida 1. Yep. Quite, um, man, tough being a goalie. 
And the kid, Jonas Johansson, has been in for every goal. Throw the kid a bone. Well, they're Good obviously God. giving Sergei Bobrovsky the night off before they go into the playoffs. Well, he's not even dressed. Exactly. Ten Here's goals. a chance in close for the Oilers, and Tyson Berry has a shot that's blocked off the skates of Brad Richardson. Yamamoto trying to gather it free out of the corner. Does for Edmonton. Putting it to the line. Long-range point shot sails high and wide. That came off the stick of Chris Russell. Yamamoto turned it over in the Vancouver end to Richardson. And now Matthew Highmore has a chance to backhand it down the ice. 7-11 to go here in the first. We're still looking for our first goal at Rogers' place between Vancouver and Edmonton. Oilers finding a loose puck in their own territory. Headman at the center ice. Stretch pass just a little too far ahead for Zach Hyman. Bouncing puck gets into the Vancouver corner. Dickinson is there. Put it behind his net. And now with the Oilers retreating to make changes, the Canucks will have a chance to set up a breakup. Speaking of 7-11, Joe, we used to always have guys that would come back to the bench and they'd be like, I'm open, I'm open, I'm open. Every <laughs> shift. So you'd call them 7-11. Open all night. 24 hours. Jeremy Roenick. Offside call here against Vancouver with six and a half to go in the third. I saw a video today circulating online that Jeremy Roenick was a part of. And it's all former Arizona Coyotes. I like Jerry. Who were like putting thank you messages to the Coyotes fans, the faithful that have stuck by that team. There's not many of them, not but it's the last them. game tonight in Glendale. Thank God. And that team will no longer be playing there. They're it, off to Tempe, Arizona next it's season. It's a beautiful building, though. That's the problem. If you've been there, it's a beautiful it's gorgeous. building. But it'd be the equivalent to the Canucks playing out in Abbotsford. No? Yep. Traffic and nothing wrong with Abbotsford, but, I mean, it's traffic. And, you know, just to get out there for a game on a Tuesday night, you would never get there. Yeah. And they're going to go to a very small building, but they're moving with plans to go to a new multi-million dollar facility that will have an arena, a casino, a big ice district complex similar to what has been actually designed in Edmonton that's the plan that the Coyotes ownership group has moving forward but we'll see it's if they get there it's a long ways away it's a 3,000 seat arena I think and if they can't sell that out Joe <laughs> they might as well just pack it in under six to play here in this first period Canucks and Oilers remain scoreless as Derek Ryan having a chance to bring it to center kicked it across the Vancouver line Hughes though Jumped on it for the Canucks, and now they'll have a chance to go the other way. Ekman Larson through the middle. Alex Chason will give chase to find it free behind the net of Koskinen. Now Garland with a centering pass. That's blocked down by Bouchard. He, though, gave it away. Here's Myers into the slot with a wrist shot put wide. Might have taken a late last-second deflection before it got to the net. Ryan now has a chance to sweep it the other way for the Oilers. Over five minutes to go here in this first period. 10-6, the shots on goal favoring Vancouver. Myers with a long shot, gloved and held by Koskinen for a whistle. We'll take a break. It's the Canucks nothing and the Oilers nothing. Here in the first, you've got it on Alpine Credits Canucks Hockey on Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Welcome back to Edmonton. Canucks and Oilers scoreless with... Five and a half minutes to play here in period number one. Joey Kenward and Corey Hirsch with you. All season long, whenever a Canucks player scores a hat trick, you can tune into the postgame show for a shot at a Triple O's prize pack, which includes a $100 gift card to Triple O's Burgers. 
featuring the 100% fresh Canadian beef, which will definitely cause cravings. Canucks out shooting Edmonton 11-6 at this stage of the game. As we get back to the action. Bouncing puck comes through center ice. Vasily Podkolzin leaves it free for Brock Besser. Back to Podkolzin with a backhand chance denied by Koskinen. And he'll cover up and get the whistle. Oh, Canucks shots 11-6 right now. I think we've got our technical issues fixed, Joe. I am a tech genius as I unplug the headset and then plugged it back in, and that seems to have worked. So if you have any problems out there with your Apple computer. Oh, everybody's, everybody's good now. I will unplug it for you, and then I will plug it back in, and it'll all be good. No? You're you, looking you at look, me like Brandon does. Well, no, no, I'm looking at you like you're the you're the last guy that I would think would ever be able to, to handle electronical issues with any types of mobile well, devices. Depends. You just you put one hand in a bucket full of yeah. water, and then <laughs> yeah. the other one you play with electricity, right? <laughs> Uh, At least that's what my mom told me. <laughs> Jason Dickinson for Vancouver on the left wing. Let a wrist shot go. Sailed high and wide. Bouncing puck will have a chance to make its way back out to center ice. Kids, don't do that at home. Don't listen to what Corey Hirsch said his mother suggested he He'll should do. He'll end up like me. Quinn Hughes with it now in his own territory. Passing off now for Shen. Up the ice, Dickinson giving chase as it rolls free into the corner. Tyson Berry trying to gather it off the wall for Edmonton. Dickinson got it away from him, though. Putting it down low, Highmore. Centering pass, too hot to handle for Brad Richardson. The puck, in fact, goes all the way back down on goal of Spencer Martin. Joe, Malcolm Subban sang the national anthem tonight in Buffalo. He sang, so I he's just saw back that in the, Twitter. He's back in the lineup for... The New Jersey Devils, and you're telling me he sang the anthem for the game in uh, Buffalo? If this is the same Malcolm Subban, I mean, he was wearing a Buffalo Oh, sorry, Mal Malcolm yeah, Subban. Malcolm. Sorry, okay, sorry. Okay, I thought, I thought okay, yeah, because yeah, I know his brother PK is back in the lineup tonight. Well, very interesting. And he crushed it, everyone's saying. Good for him. Lots going on in the final night of the regular season around the NHL. A 10 spot put up by the Montreal Canadiens. It's been... A long time since that organization has put up that many goals. No, 10-2. Florida got one back. Late stages of the third period there. We're in the late stages of the first period in Edmonton. Canucks and Oilers scoreless. Matthew Highmore, snapshot from a bad angle, sailed wide. Canucks retrieve. Connor Garland, middle of the point, gives for Ekman Larson. Centering pass, intended to find Pod Coles, and it's blocked. And now the Oilers break free to center. Cassian skating wide into the Vancouver corner. Taken to the glass by Ekman Larson. Puck stuck in there, sticks and skates. Now Myers on the scene will have a chance to dish it free. Sheldon drives, will clear it across his own zone, and the Oilers retreat to make changes. Miller out to center ice, gives for Garland. In across the Edmonton line, drops a pass. Brad Hunt leaving it free, and a shot on goal, and they score! And a quick read, and J.T. Miller is the recipient. He's now got 99 points, and he's got the Canucks in a 1-0 lead. Ah, Joe, where did he go? Glove side shelf. Now this is where the Canucks like to shoot on Koskinen. And this is just a Connor Garland brings it in the zone. He stops up, and he makes a nice play to Hunt. J.T. Miller opens himself up on the far side. 
And he could have taken a one-time slap shot, but he takes a one-time snap wrister. And he goes glove side shelf. And he's got 99 points, Joe. Canucks up one nothing. 17:31, the time of the goal for JT Miller, his 32nd goal of the year. And time of the goal is always brought to you by Chrome Mackay, Western Canada's trusted accountants for over 50 years. Find out more at chromemackay.ca. Miller back on the ice for Vancouver, dishing it down low off the half boards to Garland. Garland getting it to Chase on, who will wrap it around the net to the far boards. Travis Dermott will keep it in deep. Garland getting it back to the line. Dermott, wrist shot, deflected into the slot. Chason got it back for Garland, who blasted it wide. Now it's bouncing in front. Garland with another chance, and Koskinen will cover up this time to get the whistle. And it's all Vancouver in the late stages of the first period. Uh, Canucks had six chances. I got Edmonton down for one. I used to hate playing in these last games of the year because it's like shinny hockey. Guys looking for points, not much defense. And one team like the Oilers, they just want to get the game over with. So, and they're always high-scoring affairs, typically. Just one goal so far tonight, and that's, if you're just joining us, JT Miller with his 32nd goal of the year, now with 99 points on the season. We've got play whistle down for another face-off to come back into the Edmonton territory. Miller trying to become just the sixth different Canuck to hit the century mark for a single season. Henrik Sedin has the team record with 112. Pavel Bury did it twice in back-to-back -back years. 110 and 107 points respectively in 93-94. Alex McGilney, Daniel Sedin, Marcus Naslund, the other Canucks with that opportunity. Now Miller's got a chance to go for 100 right now because Evander Kane is in the box on a delay of game call. Canucks go to work on their second power play of the game. They had some good looks in their first man advantage, but failed to beat Koskinen. But they set it up to our broadcast left. Besser trying to gather it off the wall. Did, but lost the handle. And the Oilers will clear. Canucks last night in the victory over L.A. went one for two on the power play. Besser was the power play goal scorer last night, and he works the man advantage here for Vancouver. Pedersen leading the attack in across the Edmonton line. To the point, dishes off for Hughes. Right boards for Chason. Spinning his way back to the line to give it to Hughes. Now left side of the zone for Miller with a minute to go in the period. Back to Hughes. Rink wide to Pedersen. Backdoor feed went through the skates of Besser. Came back to the line for Hughes. Lots of time here for the Canucks to finish off the period with the power play. Miller holding down low, giving it to Chase on. Shot stopped in close by Koskinen. Miller got it back on the half wall with 40 to go in the period. Miller to the slot for Hughes. Down low, right circle for Pedersen. Rink wide, left circle for Miller. Put it in front for Besser. His shot is denied by Koskinen. And he'll hang on with 29.3 seconds to go here in the first. Now JT Miller looking for 100. Two periods to go, another power play shot, 17 to six for Vancouver. It's a smackdown. And JT Miller almost gets it right there. Nice little tip by Brock Besser. Shot pass from JT Miller. Besser tips it in the slot. Koskinen doesn't even have to make a save. It hits Chase on. Canucks change up their power play unit. They lose the draw. 
as the Oilers will have a chance to clear it down the ice. Maybe time for one more rush here on this man advantage before the period expires. As Ekman Larson will lead the attack. Up ice for Brad Hunt. Got to the blue line, but he had teammates in offside. And that's why play is whistled down. JT Miller with that goal. Now moves back into a tie for the team lead, Corey, for goals on the season. He and Elias Pedersen with 32 apiece. A pretty solid year for both of them. Even though they both had tough starts. I mean, imagine if they had good starts. Oilers win a draw. They'll clear the puck down the ice, and that'll do it. The horn will sound in Edmonton to wrap up 20 minutes of play as the Canucks, on a goal by J.T. Miller, lead the Oilers by a score of 1-0. No shortage of things to talk about, not only from this game, but what sounds like just a wacky night around the final night on the NHL skid. Some crazy scorelines to talk about. Sat Shaw, Dan Riccio have it all for you now in our intermission. You've got it here on Alpine Credits Canucks Hockey on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Time to break down the first 20 minutes. This is Canucks Central at the intermission of the official home of the Canucks. Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Miller out to center ice. Gives for Garland. In across the Edmonton line. Drops a pass. Brad Hunt leaving it free and a shot on goal and they score. And a quick read and JT Miller is the recipient. He's now got 99 points, and he's got the Canucks in a 1-0 lead. Ah, Joe, where did he go? Glove side shelf. Now this is where the Canucks like to shoot on Koskinen. Canucks with a 1-0 lead through 20 minutes of play in Edmonton against the Oilers, and this is Canucks Central at the intermission on Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Satyar Shaw with Dan Riccio. Interact with us on our Dunbar Lumber text inbox, 650-650-99. 650, 650, yes, that is the total point number JT Miller sits at after scoring in the first period to give the Canucks that 1-0 lead, and now is only one measly point away, Dan from getting to the century mark. Yeah, another uh, another goal for JT Miller up to uh, 32 on the year now. It's kind of a quiet first period. Canucks had most of the puck, and who else to, but to put them ahead other than their uh, leading scorer this year. And yeah. as Bruce Boudreaux put it last night, their best player as well. So uh, JT off a beautiful feed from uh, Brad Hunt. But yes. Connor Garland was... Uh, very integral with the drop pass to Brad Hunt on the entry. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, one of my favorite things now watching games with you is just how excited you get every single time <laughs> Connor Garland does anything. And every time he registers a point, you just beam and glee. It's, 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 a, it's a wonderful sight. It really is. Hey, man, I, I, I appreciate a player with creativity. Yes. I mean, the drop passes, the ability to make the no-look play. I'm here for uh, for Connor Garland. Yeah, no question about that. And this first intermission report is brought to you by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. And, you, you know, when we'll talk more about JT Miller and, you know, him getting to 100 points and what that means and also what it could mean in relative to the other guys who got 100 points. Yeah. Um, 
they all share one thing, but there's also one thing they do not share. If JT Miller does get to 100 points, we'll talk about that coming up in a second. But just as far as Connor Garland is concerned, because you know, we, you know, we joke around. You of course love him, and you know, I give you a hard time for it. But the way he is playing down the stretch, and it's not just about you know being productive and meaning less games. This is the best he's looked all season. And this is the best time for you to make the argument about him being an exciting player or being the team's most exciting player so far this season. I still don't agree with that, but with the way he's playing, he is playing his best hockey late in the season. And that's saying something considering how hot a start he had the first 12, 15 games. He has been. I mean, he had that really uh, ugly lull, right? 19 games without a goal. That is really tough to overcome, and yet here he is now with 51 points on the th- on the season, 31 of those being assists. Here in April, sad he's been better than a point per game. Now up to 15 points in this his 13th game of the month. I mean, what more would you want? Hey, you can have a point per game player at 4.95 million dollars. Sure, sign me up. Who's not taking that guy? Now he's not going to be point a game over the course of a season, but you know, we talk about giving Brock Besser 6 million bucks. Connor Garland's a 60-point player too in my eyes. So, I I just don't understand why, you know, there's such a rush to get Connor Garland out the door because he's not being used on the power play. I mean, he still puts up the production, yeah. puts up more production than any other forward on this team at five on five outside of JT Miller. They are neck and neck this year. 46 points for Garland, 47 for JT Miller. I, I just I don't see why this would be a player that you move off of in the summer. The only reason you move off of him is if the flexibility helps you do something else and you get an asset back that really does help you go across. I mean, the only criticism about Connor Garland could be that he's a really nice finishing touch for a team that's ready. Mm. But maybe not a guy that you're trying to build with to get to that point because he's not a special teams guy. Yeah. He's an even strength guy, which is great, but where does that kind of rank as far as need and necessity on your team? Because you look at your center position. Then you look at guys that can score goals for you. Then you look at guys that are elite on the power play to help you do those sort of things. And then you look at, okay, what other traits do you have if you're not on the power play? And it's like, okay, well, you could be a good penalty killer. Now, we can have a discussion about whether Garland could be a good penalty killer because there is logic behind him being tried there. And watching Hughes and Pedersen have success on on the PK, maybe that should give you more of an indication that you should try Garland on the PK. But that could be a criticism. That's the only criticism I have is that he's a core player, but at the same time, is that a piece you need now? Or is this? would he have been a better piece if you're one player short to put you over the top? I think this team uh, had kind of a allergy to scoring at five on five like from a lot of their best players you know Elias Pettersson way down from career norms Brock Besser way down from career norms heck even Bo Horvat yep. is down from career norms at All five three on of those five guys, yep. so if you have Garland who's been proven to do this not just here in in Vancouver but also in Arizona if he can carry that into next year and those guys return to their norms all of a sudden you've relieved some of your scoring issues up front. The other part about Garland late here in this season, playing left wing mm. and playing it well. Yeah, and you know what? That's something Boudreaux has isn't afraid of doing. Yeah, 
and it's you know he he's fine he's comfortable on his backhand clearly because yeah. he's made a couple of these backhand no look passes into the slot and it's clearly something that they've been looking for because they understand Garland can get in well on the entry now can he get the puck mm-hmm. uh, off to one of our shooters and that's really worked and we've seen Miller score a couple of goals like that you've even seen Pedersen get a couple of chances with Garland that way but they do have a big void on the left wing right that's one area. Yes, you're missing Pearson right now. Yes, Pod Colson is projecting to play in a left wing spot. Hoaglander disappeared off the face of the earth, also is injured, mm-hmm. but wasn't playing well, didn't deserve a top six role anyhow. So it always comes back to Pearson and Myers for me as the players that I'm looking to likely move first in order to open up some cap space to do some other things. It's a perfect, perfectly reasonable and logical way to go about it. You can totally craft an argument that makes sense to do that instead. And ultimately, if you're not getting the value you want, you're not trading Garland. Yeah. Same with Besser, same with you know all these other players. The only two guys where push comes to shove and you have to do something is JT Miller and Bo Horvat because they, they're a year away from UFA, so you have to figure out their futures. Yes. Whereas the rest of those guys... There isn't that immediacy there as far as what you have to do. So it comes down to valuation. And as much as we can sit here and talk about, you know, I can make the case or perhaps ponder if Garland is a finishing piece, you're not moving him because he's a finishing piece. You're moving him because he may be more expendable than others as long as evaluation is met. And does evaluation get met? And I'd say if we do kind of a stock up and stock down for Garland in the eyes of, say, Canucks management, I would say that they think more highly of him now than perhaps they may have coming in based on how the season's gone. Yeah. I mean, how couldn't you? He's been one of their biggest factors here in the tougher games, right? And they've played a lot of big games here down the stretch. And Garland's been, as I mentioned, better than a point per game here in April when the games have been the biggest for this team. Uh, they needed him to be better during that seven-game homestand, right? Yeah. Uh, they needed a lot of players to be better during that seven-game homestand in March that ultimately, uh, for me, sealed their fate as a non-playoff team. But the thing that Garland is going to have to overcome and is unlikely to be able to overcome unless given the chance to prove otherwise is can a player of his size and stature get it done in the playoffs? I mean, I, I'm not worried about that, ultimately. I, I think I think management groups are. Management groups would be, yes. And yeah. that that I do believe that there are a lot of people that probably look at Garland and say, I like him, but yeah, I have my questions because of his size. I don't worry about him being effective in the postseason because of his playing style. Yeah. My entire thing with Garland is how do you maximize him on your roster? Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I view it as. And if you're not maximizing him, then perhaps you should be looking to move him. But the way he's playing now, and he's playing increased, he's playing 17 minutes a game. Yep. If you're playing that much, then I don't care. You're being used a lot, and your scoring rate reflects that, and you're going to be well worth the money. So the way Garland's been playing down the stretch, mm-hmm. yeah, he's kind of changed the mind, I'd say, of the front office in a couple, in a couple of ways. Now, coming into this game, Dan, mm-hmm. you mentioned that the Canucks on, on the money line, yeah. they looked very tempting. Mm-hmm. They were underdogs in Edmonton, despite the fact that no Connor yep. McDavid and no Leon Dreisaitl, amongst others, playing for Edmonton. 
And now, well, those odds have changed dramatically ah. after the Canucks have taken a one nothing lead. What can I say? I'm uh, Nostra Riccio over here. <laughs> I mean, the Oilers did not have and do not have Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl. They also played last night. They're looking ahead to the playoffs. It was just a strange line to have the Canucks as the underdog in this one. I know they are the road team, Mm -hmm. but um, Canucks are going with all of their guys. Oilers aren't. Simply, okay, I think that made it a good spot to look at the Canucks. Well, at BCLC. no question. But you know what? Now, with those odds flipping, all of a sudden on the money line, the Vancouver Canucks went from being a 2.15 to being 1.37. So a $10 bet pays out $13.77. So a $3.77 win. So that tells you the Canucks have kind of gone the other way. But if you think Edmonton comes back, they're 2.75 on the money line. Now, as far as the over over under to, uh, total goals go, over 5.5 pays out at 1.83 and under 5.5 pays out at 1.83. And we've seen a lot of these games go from being low scoring in the first to all of a sudden exploding in the second and third periods, Dan. So it could be a lot more goals to come. Well, uh both teams on the second half of a back-to-back. So uh, there's going to be some tired legs and some open ice, certainly in the third period. So I, I do think there are some more goals to come here, Sat. Yeah, no question. We look forward to seeing some of those goals, hopefully. And this is sponsored by Play Now Sports, your local BC sports book. It is Canuck Central at the intermission. Keep getting your thoughts in to our Dunbar Lumber text inbox, 650-650. Uh, like our good friend Ryan and Shimanis always does. JT Miller is at 99 points, and the way the Canucks have been playing lately, it's so unfortunate they're not in the playoffs. That's Ryan and Shimanis. And, you know, like you mentioned, Dan, they might finish with 93 points and be on yeah. the outside looking in. Well, much like uh, the Nashville Predators, any uh, damage that team was hoping to do in the playoffs is unlikely to happen without their stud goalie. And it would be similar for the Vancouver Canucks. All due respect to Spencer Martin. But, yeah, this team is playing really well. But not having Bo Horvat, Tanner Pearson, and Thatcher Demko, that would be tough to overcome in a first-round playoff series. Yeah, wouldn't be easy. But, uh, hey, it is what it is at this point. The Canucks, they're playing out the string, yet trying to get to 93 points, 40 wins. And JT Miller tries to get, tries to, get to 100 points and batch. Well, he's on TV, and Joey Cameron is in his stead with Corey Hirsch, and they have the call coming up right here on the home of your Canucks, Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Welcome back to Rogers Place in Edmonton. Joey Kenward and Corey Hirsch with you. Thanks for being with us. Whether you're tuning into our flagship station, Sportsnet 650, or anywhere around the province of B.C. on our Sportsnet Radio Network. In case you're just joining... JT Miller with his 32nd goal of the year has the Canucks leading the Oilers 1-0 heading into period number two and that leads us in to see who's doing the work. Brought to you as always by Douglas Lake Equipment, your trusted and closest Kubota dealer to Greater Vancouver and the Thompson, Nicola and Peace River regions. DouglasLakeEquipment.com. Corey, it's pretty easy who's doing the work. He's been doing the brunt of it offensively this year for the club. JT Miller, one point now away from hitting the century mark. Well, with Edmonton, the way they look right now, they've given up 17 shots to the Canucks. I had the chances at 7-1 to that period, so he's got a very good chance of getting it. We start this second period with Vancouver on the late stages of a power play, which is carried on into the second period. A delay of game minor to Evander Kane. Only has 14 seconds left in it. 
Vancouver will move left to right on your radio dial for the middle period, and JT Miller will move it through center. Tyler Myers has a pass blocked, and here come the Oilers the other way in numbers. Leading the attack is Josh Archibald crossing the line. Let a wrist shot go. It blocked off the leg of Connor Garland. Bouncing puck comes around the net of Spencer Martin as the penalty expires to Kane. Vancouver will have a chance to push it back out to center ice. Oilers will retrieve the puck and now have a chance to make changes. Oliver ekman Larson gets it through the middle. In across the line for JT Miller. Back to ekman Larson. Centering feed just got away from Brock Besser who was coming through the back door. And now the Oilers will see the puck come out to center ice. Kane jumping on it down the left wing. Wrist shot. Save made by Martin. Just the seventh shot he's faced so far tonight. Kane gets it back for the Oilers. For Duncan Keith on the near side wall. Passing off the boards. Getting it free for Ryan McLeod. Around the net. Puck comes to the point. Canucks intercept a pass. And Alvesili Podkolza will have a chance to go the other way. Up the wing. His pass finds Elias Patterson, who has a shot blocked. Now the puck comes to Brock Besser. He rattles one high and wide. That, in fact, took a deflection, I think, off the post. As it goes into the end netting and out of play for a whistle. And uh, it very well may have. Shots 18 to 7 right now. JT Miller gives a nice little pass to Oliver Ekman Larson on a two-on-one right and tight. And Brock Besser's on the far side, but being a right-handed shot, couldn't grab it because it was on his backhand. That's too bad because JT Miller would have got his hundreds on that. Minute 22 gone here in period two. Bouncing puck in the Oilers zone now has hacked up the wall back into the Vancouver, and this is going to be hard enough for an icing call. And we'll get the whistle. Corey, we were getting some updates from the out-of-town scoreboard in the intermission from the Eastern Conference, and the playoff picture is starting to solidify for round one and what should be some dream opening round matchups in that conference. Well, Joe, let's, uh, through the period, we might as well go through who will we, let's do our picks. We could. Let's do them. All right, uh, finishing top in the division, even though they got smoked in the conference, excuse me, they got whipped 10-2 tonight against the Montreal Canadiens. Florida is going to take on Washington. I don't know if that's a pick'em for the number one seed. Here's a chance in close. Oh, and Spencer Martin makes a big save as we get back to the action. It's a chance by Zach Hyman, robbed by Martin, and that's his biggest save of this game, Corey, through a period and just under two minutes. Uh, great save by Spencer Martin. Another one, he has been solid. Little turnover on the corner by Quinn Hughes. And that gives the Oilers a good chance to tie this game up at one, but no dice. Hyman gets a good scoring opportunity. Spencer Martin makes a nice little blocker save. Up and aggressive, top of the crease. Riding a three-game winning streak into this game at the NHL level. Last night, solid in the overtime win over Los Angeles, making 33 saves. Mentioned this earlier on, Corey, like when you combine his season between the National League and the American League, where he spent the brunt of it with Abbotsford, he's only lost four games in regulation. And that is... That's impressive. That's extremely impressive for a goaltender that you know will... Even in games right now that mean nothing for the team, these at this level mean a lot for him as he prepares next week to head back to the Fraser Valley to start the American League playoffs with the Abbotsford Canucks. I keep saying it, older goalies, you've seen it. They're better. They just don't get opportunities. I don't get it. 
Oilers with the puck in their own zone. Move it to center ice. Here's a stretch pass and a partial break opportunity. And that was Archibald that snapped one wide. Kind of handcuffed himself when handling the puck, but he did get a, a shot off and a, a scoring chance. Now McLeod with a close-range opportunity. That missed the target. Travis Dermott trying to tie it up off the wall in his skates. Broussard got it back. Centering feed, getting into the slot, but it's poked out of trouble by Sheldon Dries. Oilers get it back. Chris Russell dishing it down low in the zone. Getting it free to Derek Ryan. Ryan coming out of the corner. Getting it now into the slot. Pass comes back to the point. Cody Cece with a drive, deflected just wide. Ryan and Fogel to it on the forecheck for the Oilers. Nugent Hopkins also in the vicinity to try to get it free, and he can. Nugent Hopkins back to the point. Feeding Cece. Left boards. Passing it off now for Brett Kulak. Makes his way around the Vancouver net to go back to the line, but the puck bounced over the stick of Cece. And the Canucks get a bit of a break there after being on their heels for the last few seconds, hemmed in their own zone. Nugent Hopkins brings it back in for Edmonton. Top of the left circle. Goals rink wide. Wrist shot opportunity by Cece. Missed the net. Puck caroms high off the glass and all the way back down the ice. Now the Oilers got the memo in between the first and the second. They've come out played much harder here in the second period. As we near the four-minute mark here of this middle frame, Vancouver still leading Edmonton 1-0 on a goal by J.T. Miller, who has the puck in front of his own bench, bats it into the Edmonton end. Duncan Keith wraps it around the net, but had it picked off on the wall by Miller. Miller now lost the puck, and the Oilers this time will have a chance to skate it out of their own zone. Evander Kane will lift it in deep. Bouncing puck comes off the boards. Garland. First on it, gives to Myers. Wheels his way through center, let a wrist shot go. That's deflected high into the end netting and out of play. You know who's had an unbelievable year for Edmonton, Corey, is Evander Kane. In just 42 games since joining the team, he's been nearly a point per game player, but he's got 22 goals. That's one of the most important pickups any team in the league has had this season. Well, and it's, it's helped Edmonton a lot. We hope his troubles are behind him, but now. Not sure what to say, Joe. He's had a, a year. He will be, if the Oilers are going to make a big run, he will be a big part of it. But it is a big gamble as well that Ken Holland took when bringing him in during the season. Faceoff coming into the Oilers territory after Puck has deflected out of play. Pedersen was going to take the draw, but he's going to get waved out. Besser will take his spot in the circle. He loses the draw to Devin Shore. Oilers will have a chance to rattle it up the wall, but can't clear. Puck up in. It's now Besser with a spinorama wrist shot that sails wide. Here's Quinn Hughes with a blast along the ice. Missed the net. Oilers now able to move it out to center. 18-10, the shots on goal favoring Vancouver, but only one goal so far tonight, and that's JT Miller's 32nd of the year. Here comes Shore, forcing it back into the Vancouver end. Hughes got it away from him and easily lifts it out to center. Russell back into his own zone. Now leads it out in front of his own bench, but that's where the puck goes. It's deflected 
out of play. It nearly hit Jay Woodcroft, and that's another important addition, Corey, to this Edmonton team this year. Of course, you've got the leading scorer and the leading power play scorer in the league on your lineup, but Jay Woodcroft behind the bench now has done his part to turn this team around. He really has. Sometimes it's that fresh voice, right? Like Bruce Brudrow. Now that's one. And also Woodcroft. Sometimes that's just what guys need. They just need a, it's not the coach, it's the voice and a new message. And Dave, a fresh start. Dave Tippett's track record is a long and lengthy one in the National League level. But yeah, it just seemed a change needed to be made in Edmonton because they were underwhelming to say the least when they made their coaching change to bring in Woodcroft from their farm team in Bakersfield, California. Bouncing puck comes down into the Vancouver corner. Zach Cassian couldn't find it behind the net. It comes now to the near side boards. On it is Kulak. Pointed it to the line to Broussard. Pass into the slot was deflected away by Highmore. Canucks though fail to clear. Cassian puts it back in deep. Dermott. Off the wall, can't get it out. Brad Richardson trying to get it back for Vancouver, does, but he dangerously put it across the face of his net. Cassian got it back for the Oilers. He, though, gives it away, and finally Vancouver will be able to skate the puck out to center ice, dump it in deep, and the Canucks will make a full-scale change. Nearing the seven-minute mark here of the second period, Vancouver one, Edmonton no score. Joey Kenward and Corey Hirsch with you. This is the regular season finale for Vancouver. Here coming in across the line, Ekman Larson with a shot, save made, rebound covered up by... Koskinen, then it popped loose. Play allowed to continue on. Koskinen thought he had it. It got away out of his gear. Puck comes off to the right boards, and Keith will hack it out to center ice for Edmonton. Lamico up the left wing side. Gives it now off the wall for Sheldon Dries. His wrist shot bobbled up high by Koskinen. Dries gets it back. Fell on his backside. He did a great job to cycle it around the net for Nick Patan. Patan trying to center it out in front. Pressured off the puck, though, by Keith. And now it's covered up by Koskinen, and he'll get the whistle. Let's take a break. 12.49 to go in the second. It's still Vancouver 1, Edmonton no score. You've got it on Alpine Credits Canucks Hockey on Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Joey Kenward and Corey Hirsch back with you as the Canucks are up 1-0 on Edmonton, nearing the midway stage of period number two. We talked about some of the Eastern Conference playoff matchups that are set in stone now we'll talk more about that at our next stoppage of play as we're back to the action at rogers place canucks setting it up in the oilers zone turn the puck over now the oilers ice the puck all right we talked about florida who will play washington in round one it's now confirmed who the toronto maple leafs are going to play corey and it's the tampa bay lightning can the leafs knock off the back-to-back -back defending cup champs nope Vasilevsky is going to be the difference in that series. And I'll tell you what, Toronto's built a team where they try to outscore their problems. Playoffs, you can't do that. You have to be able to defend. At least cannot defend. Giordano might make a difference. I want to, you know what, I know Vancouver fans are going to boom me right now, but I I want to see the Leafs be have somewhat of success and get through the first round. I mean, we need a Canadian team to, to get there. And someone to cheer for. And, well, uh, it's been disappointing, and they, they're the best chance. Here's a quick snapshot by Chase on denied by Koskinen. Get back to that in a moment. Meantime, as Garland is able to find the puck around the net, gives it off now for Hughes in the low corner. Hughes gives it back to Garland. Pressured off the puck. 
got help from JT Miller. He'll slide it back to the line where Hughes has retreated. Coughed it up though, and the Oilers will bring it out to center. Kane in across the line. Drops a pass for McLeod. He though fell. And now Miller will have a chance to sweep it to center ice for Garland. Garland in across the line. Drop pass for Chason. Blasted it just wide. Garland got it back in front. His wrist shot denied on the right shoulder of Koskinen. Chason back for Garland on the half boards. Makes his way to the line. Throws it down low right corner for Dermott. Into the slot. JT Miller passing it in front to Garland. His chance tonight. Rebound in the crease. It's loose. It's now come free to Yamamoto who's able to get some space and skate it cleanly out to center. And the puck's a little too tight for Koskinen. Kane giving it back to Yamamoto. He'll take it wide, put it behind the net, now in front. It's a pass deflected off into the corner. Yamamoto chips it behind the net for Kane. Kane let a shot go, it missed well wide. Russell with a drive on net, gloved and held by Martin to get the face off. 25-11, the shots on goal favoring Vancouver, still in a 1-0 lead. Getting back to that Toronto-Tampa series, if one thing might favor the Leafs, it's the fact that they're taking on the team that's had the longest playoff runs out of any in the league back-to-back -back years. And sometimes that catches up with the team come the playoffs. But arguably, Tampa's got the horses to still have the longevity to go for a third straight cup. That's a bad matchup for the Leafs. You know, I got, a, and I got friends in the organization that, you know, I mean, Oh, it's either going to be year after year. It's not over yet, though. It's, it was <laughs> got to play the games right. yet. Here's Brett Kulak weaving his way inside the Vancouver line, put it in towards the crease. It never got there, though. Ekman Larson comes away with it and headbands it to center for Besser. Drops it at the line for Myers. His pass deflected away, and now the Oilers have a chance to skate back through center. Yamamoto dropping a pass. Hyman's shot deflected high and wide. The puck will carry him off the glass back out to the neutral zone. We near the midway stage of this hockey game. Only one goal to speak of so far. It's JT Miller's 32nd of the year. Came back at 17-31 of period one. Nugent Hopkins scooping the puck in behind the Vancouver target. Shen trying to clear it up the wall. Fails to do so. Russell for Fogel. Had his pocket picked by Hughes. He'll now have a chance to drill it in deep, and the Canucks will make changes on the fly. Bouncing puck came off the wall for Dickinson. He, though, couldn't find a teammate with the pass. And the Oilers have a chance to counter back through center. Fogle got it into the Vancouver corner. Came right free, though, to Shen. And this year's Unsung Hero Award winner for Vancouver will move it out of his own end to center. Canucks bring it now across the Oilers line. Pass deflected wide. It goes behind the net. Highmore is there. Off to the far corner for Hughes, who has pinched in deep. Back to Highmore. Back to Hughes. He's now allowed to come out the end boards all the way to the line. Spinning his way back down low is Hughes. Still with the puck. Taking it behind the net. Body checked off the puck, but he got it free to Sheldon Dries. Back down low to Hughes. Hughes is caught up to by Nugent Hopkins now. Dries comes over to help get it free. Puck came up the wall. Nick Patan in the vicinity trying to jab it off the boards. Does. Puck though came free across the zone. Now it's Dermott handling it, coming off the wall. Good pressure here by Vancouver, keeping the Oilers hemmed in their own zone. Dries with it behind the net. Creates some space to come into the corner where he's caught up to by Kulak. But he did well to get it back around the net. 
long stretch of play here without a whistle and a long amount of time for the Oilers. Forwards hemmed in their own zone. Here's Lamico bringing it out in front. Chance in close, and it's denied, and a good high save made by Koskinen off of Nick Patan. And finally, Corey, the Oilers clear the puck down the ice. Oh, that was Patan right in the slot. It doesn't get any better than that. The Koskinen didn't see it. He hit him right in the chest. Nearing eight to play in period two. Still Vancouver leading Edmonton 1-0. Play back down in the Vancouver zone. Russell put it around the net for Jesse Pujarvi. Puck got away from him. Eventually he does get it back, though. Fanned on a shot, falling to his knees, and now the Canucks break out of their own zone in numbers. Garland in across the line, stopping on the half wall. Putting it down into the corner for Miller. He'll switch spots. Miller got it to Garland. He fell when going behind the net. Lost possession to Tyson Berry. And the Oilers veteran rear guard had a chance to clear, but coughed it up on the wall to Miller. To the right point for Myers, but he said not to have kept it in, in time and play his whistle down on the offside call. Let's take a break with seven and a half to play in the second. It's still the Canucks one, the Oilers no score. This is Alpine Credits Canucks Hockey on Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Joey Kenwood, Corey Hirsch back with you. Canucks lead the Oilers 1-0. It's Alpine Credits Canucks Hockey on Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Hey, do you own your own home? Alpine Credits can get your loan approved. Alpine Credits, where homeowners get approved. Visit alpinecredits.ca. We've got 7.26 to go here in period two. Vancouver badly outshooting the home team, 26 to 12. But a goal by JT Miller is the only one to speak of so far in this contest. Oilers have it turned over in their own zone, but luckily Brock Besser wasn't expecting the puck to come to him, and that gave a chance for Edmonton to regroup and finally move it out to center. Puck will come back in front of the benches. Ekman Larson will Steer it in deep. Pod Colson wrapped it around the net. Got it free to Besser. His pass blocked away by McLeod. Ryan McLeod will chip and chase into the Vancouver end. Centering pass in front to Kane. He put it wide. Spencer Martin got into quick position. We'll have to wait to see the replay if he got a part of his equipment to it or if that chance by Evander Kane went fully wide of the net. I think it went wide, but Spencer Martin was there, Joe. Yep, he was in position. Lead feed for Elias Pedersen. Goes deep into the Edmonton zone. Russell getting it back for the Oilers. Wheels his way back through center into the Vancouver territory. Skates it wide into the corner. Put it around the Vancouver net to the right boards. Barry cycles it back around the net for Pugliarvi. Got away from him. Shen trying to poke it up the boards. Can't clear. Yes, he can. As according to the linesman, Ryan Galloway, it's... Drew Shore, keeping it in offside. Evander Kane has had one of the better chances this period to beat goaltender Spencer Martin. Oh, Drekman Larson, he falls, and then that actually might have gone off of the knob of the stick of Spencer Martin. That is incredible. He just got the aerial view replay. And he does. And that's when you get forwards really mad. I used to love it because they hit the knob of your stick, and you can just start giggling, and then he's so mad. <laughs> Tell you what, Spencer Martin has done everything asked of him in a situation where nobody really expected him to be in at all at this particular point in the season for Vancouver. Well, that's why he's going to be the backup next year for Denko, though. He's done his job. And 
Rewarded with a contract. Good for him. A one-way contract as well. Here's a snapshot from long range. Directed just wide. Garland gets it back. Comes around the net. Pass to the point. Was deflected away by Pugliarvi. And this will go all the way back into the Canucks zone. Martin turned the puck over. Here's Hyman who intercepted the puck. Getting it free now to Pugliarvi. His chance is denied by Martin who is about five feet outside the crease when making that save. No, he got really aggressive. Bouncy puck goes behind his net. Now Martin has lost his stick. Here coming around the goal and a backhanded wraparound opportunity by Hyman goes just wide. Jason and Martin don't have sticks. Now Hyman's shot deflected high into the end ending out of play and that's good news for the Canucks because Martin was without his goal stick for quite some time. Let's take a break. Canucks still leading the Oilers 1-0 in the second. This is Alpine Credits Canucks Hockey on Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Joey Kenwood, Corey Hirsch back with you. Canucks leading the Oilers 1-0 in the second period. You know, you can still get tickets one more time for the online 50-50 draw. Head to Canucks.com slash online 50-50 now to enter. The ticket sales for the final time this season will close at the end of the upcoming second intermission. You must be 19-plus to play and be in BC when buying the tickets. Know your limit and play within it. And congratulations to... Anyone who's either won or bought tickets over the course of the 82-game schedule, millions of dollars have been raised this year for the Canucks for Kids Fund. And congratulations to everybody, not only in the Lower Mainland, but around all corners of BC who help continually to help out one of the best fundraising initiatives in our province. 4.20 to go here in period two. Canucks up 1-0. Not a whole heck of a lot of high entertaining scoring chances for either team in this period, Corey. And it's looking like one team that knows the season's out. And it's also looking like one team that doesn't want to do anything to jeopardize possible injuries going into the playoffs. Uh, there's four minutes left to go in this period. It's 27-14 shots for Vancouver. Nugent Hopkins had a centering pass. Bounce over the stick of Fogel. Besser back through center. Getting it across the Edmonton line. Was pushed off the puck to the ice. Warriors will counter back the other way. Getting it in deep was Devin Shore. Couldn't get it to a teammate though as Tyler Myers will wheel to center. Across the Edmonton line, drops a pass for Pedersen. Wrist shot towards goal, covered up in the breadbasket by Koskinen. And he'll hang on with three and a half to play in this second period. A lot of question marks. Maybe some other um, Matchups, Joe. Who else we got? So the Eastern Conference playoff picture, we talked about Florida will play Washington. Toronto will play Tampa Bay. Carolina, who won the Metropolitan Division, they're going to face Boston. That matchup with the Hurricanes and Bruins could be one of the longer ones that could go a maximum of seven games. I got Carolina in that one. Boston's starting to age. Carolina's got some youthful legs. Two teams that... Did a pretty good job defensively this year. Rod Brindamore and that Carolina team always seem to be taking strides in the right direction, just haven't been able to get it deep into the playoffs, getting past Tampa. How about 107 points and you're in a wild card spot? Well, every team in the East, yeah, got it to triple digits. It's unbelievable how strong that conference has been this year. Here's now a wrist shot that sailed wide past the target of Martin. That came off the stick of Fogel. 
Puck back at the point. Russell wrapping it back around the net of Martin. First to it, though, will be Hughes, and he has a chance to regroup for Vancouver. Miller out to center. Lost the puck to Kane. Kane getting it into the slot, driving it on goal. Shore with a chance. Good pass save made, and a sprawling one at that by Martin. Coming from his right to his left to get his skate down next to the post, denies Shore in close quarters. What a save by Martin. All the time in the world for Shore. Garland bringing it back into the Edmonton zone. Forced into the corner. Highmore coming over to help get it free for Vancouver. Russell and Barry are there for the home team. Referee Justin St. Pierre telling the players to get it off the wall, and they do. It's now at the line for Dermott. His shot never got on net. Barry now moves it to center ice. Here's a centering feed that's deflected wide. Shore caught up to it back behind the net. Hyman dumps his man Richardson to the ice. Play allowed to carry on. Canucks will come clean to center. Dickinson will chip and chase as it goes behind the net of Koskinen. Oilers are able to retrieve, and Evan Bouchard rolls it down the ice. This will be a foot race to an icing call. They'll wave it off as Broussard is said to have got to it ahead of Myers. Puck comes back off to the right point. Bouchard shot, kicked away easily by Martin, and the puck will come off the wall and go all the way back down to the Edmonton end. Well, the only question left now is whether JT Miller is going to get his 100 points in the 99. He's got to score a goal. And got him to 99 in the first period. And you can bet his teammates are going to be trying to get him that 100 point in the next period. He's had four shot attempts so far in this game. The only one that's been on target is the only one that's resulted in a goal for either team tonight. Under a minute to go now here in this period. Snapshot sailed high and wide and over the netty in the Edmonton zone. So play is whistled down. Chris Russell has played 911 NHL games, 912. Carved out an incredible career for himself. He really has. One year he led the league in shot blocks. Not a very big guy, but man, made the most of his career. Logged a lot of miles at the National League level after being a standout All-Star CHL award-winning defenseman. Coached him with the World Yeah. But he was one of the best defensemen of his era in major junior hockey, playing with Willie Desjardins Medicine at Tigers team. Part of those great WHL playoff matchups the Tigers and Vancouver Giants had back in 2007. The silly pot Colson getting the puck back in the Edmonton zone. Feeds it to the point for Brad Hunt. Snapshot blocked high in the zone. Hunt gets it back, winds up, fakes a shot. Now lets one go. It's deflected wide through a screen by Koskinen. Nugent Hopkins finding it for the Oilers. Skates it to center with 10 seconds to go. Moves it out to center ice, floats it in deep. Martin will just leave it behind his net. His time will expire and the horn will sound to finish off two periods of play in Edmonton and it finishes off the same way it did after 20. And that's with the Canucks leading the Oilers 1-0 on a goal by J.T. Miller, his 32nd of the year. Now gives him 99 points on the season. He has 20 minutes left to get to the century mark. Don't go anywhere. We've got your intermission report with Satyar Shah and Dan Riccio right now here on Sportsnet 650.
breaking down the game after two periods. This is Canucks Central at the intermission on the official home of the Canucks. Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Miller out to center. Lost the puck to Kane. Kane getting it into the slot, driving it on goal. Shore with a chance. Good pad save made and a sprawling one at that by Martin. Coming from his right to his left to get his skate down next to the post. Denies Shore in close quarters. What a save by Martin. All the time in the world for Shore. Canucks remain on top against the Edmonton Oilers. 1-0 through 40 minutes of play. And this is Canucks Central at the intermission on Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Satyar Shaw with Dan Riccio. Get your thoughts in to our Dunbar Lumber text inbox. 650-650. Not much doing in this hockey game. And that nope. goal that JT Miller scored in the first period remains the only tally in this one. And JT... Well, still one point back of that century mark, and we heard Joey Kenward and Hershey and, and Joey mentioning he has 20 minutes to go here to see if he can get to 100 points on the season. Uh, that's been the uh, Canucks' most dangerous line, ma- mainly because of Connor Garland. But um, in reality, that that is the one line that is really pushing for the Vancouver Canucks. You know, you can kind of tell it's last game of the season and it doesn't yeah. mean much for either team. Uh, the Pedersen-Besser line has uh, been pretty invincible so far in this game. On the Oilers' side, I've really only noticed uh, the Evander Kane line mm-hmm. uh, really having some push. Uh, but, you know, if, if Miller really wants it, we'll see. Because uh, so far, both teams aren't really – Putting in the work to get to uh, the front of the front of the net and do those kinds of things um, that we talk about so often during the season, but uh, if Miller wants the 100 as much as he said he did today, uh, he'll have to uh, do it in this final frame. <laughs> Could you imagine if uh, the Canucks are up one nothing late? Yeah, and still sitting at 99. Do the Oilers pull the goalie? <laughs> Does Boudreaux pull the goalie? <laughs> JT, go and get it. Come Come on, on, <laughs> Could you imagine look at Edmonton's face? Be like, wait, you're up one nothing. Yeah. You're what are you, what are you doing? What, that would start on? a bench clearing brawl. <laughs> that would not. That would not go over well. Uh, let's put 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 that to bed. And uh, Jacob texts into our Dunbar Lumber text inbox uh, and says, Miller leaving it late to get to 100. Can he do it? If nothing else, this makes me want to watch the final period of the season. Yeah, it is the the, the level of intrigue that remains is essentially that one goal. And you know, we'll get into uh, stuff coming up this in the post game show. We'll talk more, a lot about the off season. What's yeah. coming? Uh, what's to be had for the Canucks this mm-hmm. offseason, what they might be looking to do and what they should be looking to do. So those are some big conversations, of course, which would be a big focus of uh, the postgame show and also, you know, taking stock of what we saw this season. And, y- you know, it's really interesting what the, and we talked a lot about this, but how different the vibe is now. Yeah. Considering where it was like before the changes were made. And you can't, the thing is, that positivity, and it's not everyone, but mostly, it only lasts so long. Yeah. And, you know, the clock starts ticking when you start making real moves. Because so far, all they've done is trade Tyler Mott and yeah. get rid of Hamannick positives because, you know, you you got something back in return. You clear some cap space and you got in Dermot. Yeah. But they haven't done anything significant yet. And that's when you start putting your mark on this team. And that's when we'll start really evaluating what they're doing. It's an off season where we start to understand how Patrick Alvine wants to do some work, you know, in the very limited sample size that we have to look at, 
they've done really good work, right? Yeah, okay, they didn't get the return you thought they should for Tyler Mott. But think about it more from, we're in this playoff race right now. We don't want to lose this player for free. But he also means quite a bit to our bottom six. Mm -hmm. How do we move that player and replace him without giving up any assets? So they did it with Brad Richardson. And has there been much of a drop-off on the penalty kill with Brad Richardson stepping into Tyler Mott's minutes? Not really, right? The bottom six forwards, you haven't been able to get as much Mm -hmm. pushback. It sort of eliminated the value of Yuho Lamico when Tyler Mott was traded. But you did the best you could to replace Tyler Mott for absolutely free. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think those that that that's the kind of move that's somewhat creative and was understanding of the team's position to the point that these guys have given themselves a chance to get to the playoffs. If we're going to move this player, we we want to replace him with something. So that was a delicate situation that they handled really, really well in trade deadline season. But it is, on the grand scheme, very minimal, right? It's not a, a move that's going to move the needle all that much in either direction for the fan base and for the future direction of this franchise. Those big moves are all happening this summer. Yeah how you handle the Boudreaux negotiation, how you handle Brock Besser's negotiation, what to do with Bo Horvat and JT Miller. Can you sell them on a long-term future? And by selling them, I mean sell them to the point that they are willing to take less than market value for what they've done in this league to this point. Because that would be... Uh, the main way that you're able yeah. to keep both of those players, the best way that you're able to keep both of those players. Yeah, I, I, there's no way the Canucks keep both those guys if they have to pay them both premium salaries. Yeah, they have to get some sort of a benefit or well, break yeah, somewhere. And, and, and I agree with you, and and you've mentioned it a bunch on on Canuck Central. Um, you know, if that number is above eight, it's probably where the Canucks shouldn't go. Yeah. Right. Yeah, they shouldn't. I'm For not, JT Miller. Yeah, and I'm not sure they do. Now, the way JT's played, maybe you you go to that number slightly above or whatever with you know him getting close to 100 points, sitting at 99 right now. But, yeah, I don't think this this organization has any desire to be giving out a Zibanejad contract, 8.5 times 8 or 8.5 yeah. times 7. Like, I just don't see that. Like, Do you go a higher number if the, if the years are, are less? Like, do four years? But is JT taking that? So that's where it becomes a bit of a challenge. And ultimately, with JT, it just comes down to that. Uh, still, I'm not convinced he does ultimately get traded because the Canucks are going to take a real hard run at getting this done. And if you mm-hmm. get Bo Horvat signed first to a team-friendly number, and that's what they're going to try to do, it does make it a little easier to try to make that argument for other guys. And you save a bit more money as well because now if you get – if you also you – can, you, can, you, can, you can also look at it this way. If you get Horvat done a bit cheaper than you thought, well, that can also not only help you maybe get a little less for for JT, but if you have to, if you have to pay JT a bit more, mm-hmm. but you have both signed to a better number, mm-hmm. you may feel more comfortable doing so. Yeah, it's just hard when you know JT is looking at this as his big ticket, you know. Yeah, and you know exactly, and, this- and his agent. 
doing the show me the money gift kind of told us the story precisely and we'll see where that goes this text unsigned says yeah let's convince the all-stars to take less for a team that missed the playoffs six years in a row well well they missed the playoffs six out of seven yeah uh, years and they had the one year obviously in the bubble they made the uh, they made the playoffs but the point stands you haven't had a lot of success so how do you convince guys to take less the only way you do so is the Boudreaux effect new front office you know you kind of you try to sell them on that but it's going to be a challenge. It really will be to get both those guys signed to team-friendly numbers. Why would they take less? When, and that's that's a good question. When the players speak at the end of the year, and, and sometimes it can be all cliche and player talk and player speak, but we all remember how honest Bo Horvat was last year at the end of the season mm-hmm. about the direction of the franchise and how he wants to win. And we've already started to hear it from players in this last couple of nights as the Canucks were officially eliminated, just how they feel about the direction of the team Mm -hmm. and where it's headed under Boudreaux and how they found something in this second half of the season, how they found what works. JT Miller has been a lot more committed to saying that he wants to stay in Vancouver now that the season is kind of coming to a close. That is tactical from a negotiating standpoint, probably, but it's also not something he was doing earlier this year. You know, all of these things you have to take and understand with a grain of salt because bottom line is this, for both JT Miller and Bo Horvat, the team that has the ability to give them the most total money is the Vancouver Canucks because they, at least this summer, are the only team that is able to give them an eight-year contract. If they hit free agency, they only get seven years. And maybe the AAV goes up, but does it go up enough to the point where it makes up for that extra year you can get from Vancouver. Would Vancouver be willing to go eight years well, for either of those players? That's that's also a question. Well, mark. that's a big question. For JT, I'm not sure because he's going to be 38 when that contract ends. Yeah. Because he's 30 when that extension would kick in. For Bo, he'd be 36. Yeah. Which still is a, you know, it, it's it's a... Still going pretty, pretty late on into the, the career. At the same time, though... He is slightly younger, and if you get that AAV down mm-hmm. significantly because of it, then maybe if I'm going him... eight years with Bo. It's got to be under six. Well, that's the know? thing. It's, it's got to be counting the Nugent Hopkins contract. Yeah, it's got like th- that's the thing about going eight years, right? You're thinking about total money to the point that the average annual value comes down to a point that makes it more palatable, right? So, um, six by seven or seven million by uh, sorry six. Six years, seven million is forty-two million dollars, and that, at the same time, if you go eight years, comes down quite a bit. So it it's all about getting to the total value of the contract, as we've talked about on Canuck Central. That's why, if you're listening to Canuck Central, you're the most informed Canucks fan around. I yeah, don't, I don't mean to pat pat ourselves on the back or anything like that. But. Facts only. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Uh, D- Darren uh, from Maple Ridge 
says, hey, boys, is there any way that the, they can spice up those contracts and organize sponsorships and ads and that sort of things for them to make more money? I've always wondered about that. Well, those sort of things can be done individually for the players, and teams can sometimes help get sponsors, you know, to those players and direct them to players and stuff like that, yes. But you, you can't come up with other ways for players to make money. Yeah. It would have to be actual sponsorships, not like the team finding a way. Like you, you, there's no funny business allowed. Let's yes. just put it that way. No funny business allowed. Those would have to be side deals yes. from the players' uh, actual contract. Yeah, no question about that. All right, we'll talk more about uh, everything on the post-game show. Canucks currently up one nothing in Edmonton against the Oilers. Joey Kenward and Corey Hirsch have the third period call coming up on Home Your Canucks, Sportsnet 650, and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Welcome back to Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Joey Kenward and Corey Hirsch with you. We head to the final period of the regular season for both the Vancouver Canucks and Edmonton Oilers. Canucks are holding a 1-0 lead on the road after 40. JT Miller with his 32nd goal of the year back at the 17-31 mark of the first period is the only goal to speak of so far in this game. Vancouver is 0-2 on the power play. Canucks have not taken a single penalty through two periods. And Corey Vancouver is out shooting Edmonton 30-15 to 15 in the game. There's no Connor McDavid. There's no Leon Dreisaitl. But the Vancouver Canucks still look like the same type of team with an attitude of not wanting to fold the tent even if their playoff hopes were dashed at the beginning of the week. Would you uh, agree? Well, yes. And two things left again. Like we talked about J.T. Miller going for 100 points and then Spencer Martin likes to play against Edmonton apparently right now if you look at it he stopped 62 of 65 and he's Edmonton Oilers no dry center in the game tonight but there's another thing we'll wait and see I'm not gonna say it no well another thing to keep in mind another significant milestone is up for grabs and that's 600 career coaching wins in the NHL for Bruce Boudreaux He's done an unbelievable job since joining the Canucks midseason. 32, 15, and 9 is his record here with this club. 20 minutes to try to get 600 as an NHL bench boss. We'll see if that happens. We're underway with period three at Rogers Place. Final frame of regulation that has the Canucks moving left to right on your radio forward. And quickly the Oilers are whistled down on the icing call. I honestly didn't know when Bruce Boudreaux came back into the league as a head coach if he'd have this much success this early, and let alone if he'd even get another chance. You've known him a long time, Corey, in this league. Did you think when he came to Vancouver that this was an opportunity that would have even presented itself a year ago? No, not even close. I, good on him. I mean, and again, if he wins tonight, it's a 600, isn't it? Yeah. Here's a chance in close quarters on a rebound opportunity, and Ryan McLeod denied it. A good pad save made by Martin. Now a chance from long range, finds the back of the net, and the Oilers score. And a C-night shot by defenseman Brett Kulak has tied this game at one. Oh, Brett Kulak, will be his fifth of the year. And he ends up getting this puck back at the point. get all caught up in their defensive zone coverage. Spencer Martin lets out a big rebound. 
And then Connor Garland, he gets beat by Yamamoto to the puck. And then the screen in front by Evander Kane. And Kulak blows a bomb past the blocker side of Spencer Martin. We're tied at one. You know what's interesting when watching this replay? Kane and Martin make body contact, but it's outside the crease. And that's why there's not even a chance of looking at a possible review. So Kulak gets the goal. It's his fifth of the year. It comes 31 seconds into the third period. Time of the goal is always brought to you by Crow Mackay, Western Canada's trusted accountants for over 50 years. Find out more at crowmackay.ca. Yamamoto and McLeod get the helpers on the opening goal of the game for Edmonton. Pod Colson makes his way back to the Edmonton line, got stood up at the blue line by Russell. And the Oilers will regain control and dump it back in deep. Matthew Highmore to center ice. Rink wide, gets to Brad Richardson. Into the Edmondson zone he goes. Cuts around the net of Miko Koskin into the left wall. Sweeps it back down low into the zone. Highmore giving chase. Chips it now on the cycle for the other forward on this line, Jason Richardson. Jason Dickinson, excuse me. He was giving it to Brad Richardson. Richardson trying to get it back off the wall. It's intercepted. And Bouchard for the Oilers will clear. Nearing the two-minute mark of the third period. We're in a 1-1 hockey game. Bouchard bringing it now to center. Passing off for Derek Bressard. Bressard leaving it free off to the stick of... Josh Archibald, his shot sails wide. Puck caroms off the boards and out to center ice. There's only one thing now left to see, Joe. Let's see if J.P. Miller can get his 100th point of the year, which would put the Canucks in the lead. He certainly had the opportunities tonight. Four shot attempts through two periods. And now Connor Garland finds a close chance in, and he scores. Connor Garland from the left faceoff circle has put Vancouver back into the lead. Oh, not a great goal. JT Miller's going to have a plus on this, but no points, Joe. It's Quinn Hughes. He gets a pass from Luke Shen, and he goes up the near side boards. Cuts over the blue line drop pass to Connor Garland, who blows around the defense, and then gets a short side goal on Koskinen. Not a very good goal for Koskinen. No point for Miller, but the Canucks are up two to one. Connor Garland with his 19th goal of the season. Hughes and Shen will get the helpers. And Garland now up to 19 on the year. At 2.35 of period three, time of the goal, always brought to you by Crow Mackay, Western Canada's trusted accounts for over 50 years. Find out more at chromakai.ca. Connor Garland should have more than 19 goals on this season for the Canucks. He went a month without scoring. Take away that, and I know it's easy to say now, take away a month's worth without getting the red light turned on, but he's been one of the most consistent players effort-wise every night, Corey. And if he's putting up that total with... A lengthy goalless drought, you'd think that he should be a guaranteed guaranteed 25 goal scorer each season for this team. No, you, absolutely. That's why they signed him. 
very good hockey player. At a good price. Vander Kane getting the puck free behind the net. Left it for Yamamoto. Puck back to the line. Bouchard shot through traffic. Kicked away by Martin. Nick Patan low in his own corner. Dishes off for Travis Dermott. He's able to skate it to center ice. His teammates are making changes. We'll drop the puck off now to Vasilipod Colson across the line. Let's a wrist shot go. Stopped up high and held for a whistle by Miko Koskinen. As we near the four-minute mark of the third period, Vancouver in a 2-1 lead. How'd that stay out, Joe? Right in the belly. Another one. Pod Colson can rip it. And that one just looked like it's kind of bent his stick a little bit. Kid's got a great shot. I, I think he'll be a 20-goal scorer in this league. I think he's going to be a whole lot higher than a 20-goal scorer when he gets to his peak performance. Taking him a while to find his offensive mojo in this league. But I think a lot, another player that really has benefited from Bruce Boudreaux's leadership the last couple of months. And he's got a very bright future ahead of him. His season's not over after tonight. In fact, he'll go to Abbotsford and join the AHL affiliate team in the Fraser Valley for the Canucks. They get ready for their postseason run. Now, who all is going to go, Joe? Well, quite a few guys that are playing in this game and have been playing for a long time, actually, it seems, here for Vancouver. Sheldon Dries, Will Lockwood, Nick Patan, Vasilipod Colson. They'll all be going back. Spencer Martin. And, of course, Spencer Martin will be the goaltender between the pipes. They've won nine in a row at the AHL level going into this weekend. Mikey DiPietro is getting the start again for the Abbotsford Canucks into their late stages of the regular season. And that kid just keeps on ticking. Eh? He just does not quit. Good for him. Here's Fogel for the Oilers getting the puck into the Canucks zone. Puck comes off to the right boards. Derek Ryan trying to give chase behind the net. Lost possession to Luke Shen. And he'll whip it all the way down the ice. This will be an icing call. So we've just passed the five-minute mark of the third period. Tomorrow afternoon, they're in action. They've got the night off tonight. They're going to play the Manitoba Moose back-to-back -back games for their final two of the regular season, but that said, they are the hottest team in the American Hockey League, and Trent Cull, Gary Agnew, Curtis Sanford have done a fantastic job with the Canucks farmhands in Abbey. See if they can have it. Spencer Martin, when we talked to him post-game the other night after the victory over Seattle, he said it's the best team he's ever played for. Wow. And he's played a while. As you said, older goaltender. He's been in a few different teams in his time. So it's the best team he's been on in the minors. 2-1, Vancouver leading the Oilers with a little more than six minutes off the clock here in the third. Brad Hunt trying to dance his way into the Edmonton zone, lost possession of the puck. Oilers see Evander Kane go the other way. Centering pass in front, great save made by Martin. Fantastic setup by Evander Kane to get it to Ryan McLeod, and he's denied by the Vancouver netminder. Well, he is quick, laterally. And that is what's helping him right now. McLeod getting it back in deep for the Oilers. 
Spinning his way out of the right corner. Goes rink wide. Passing to the line. Tyson Berry. Back to McLeod on the right wall. Tendering feet deflected into the slot. Yamamoto is denied by Martin. And he'll cover up for the whistle. We'll take a break. Spencer Martin doing his part to keep Vancouver in a 2-1 lead in Edmonton in the third. You've got it here on Alpine Credits. Canucks Hockey on Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Joey Kenward and Corey Hirsch back with you at Rogers Place. Zach Hyman looking for an equalizer. His chance denied by Spencer Martin as he sprawls to the crease looking for a loose puck which goes to the boards. Good pressure here by Edmonton looking for the equalizer here at home. Long-range chance by Barry. Never got through. Puck back to the line. Barry put it back around the net. Ekman Larson gives it off for Pedersen. And now Vancouver will clear to center ice. Hyman getting it back for the Oilers. Driving the net. Weak backhand attempt. Swept away easily by Martin. Hughes first to it for Vancouver. Has a chance now to skate it cleanly to center. Gives off for Pod Coles and down the right wing. Into the Edmonton end. Hughes takes a pass from him. Went into traffic, lost the puck. Then it came free to Pedersen. Put it in front to Besser. It was deflected away by Pugliarvi. Besser getting it back low out of the left corner. Pressure down to the corner boards. Now coughed it up. And Yamamoto has a chance to scoop it high to center for the home team. Now it's deflected over the glass. And out of play with 12.25 remaining here in regulation. Well, I'd like to be able to tell you who Abbott is going to play in the playoffs, but... Still to be determined into the final week of the I, season. I don't understand the playoff picture, though. All 52 teams make it, Joe. <laughs> playoff pitcher getting a little bit clearer tonight in the NHL, potentially. There's only one set of circumstances to be sorted out in the Western Conference, and that's with the Dallas Stars and Nashville Predators as to who's going to claim positioning for those final two wildcard spots. Dallas currently is in the first wildcard position because they beat the Anaheim Ducks 4-2. So they're a point ahead of Nashville, but Nashville currently leads on the road in Arizona 4-1. So assuming the Predators hold on for victory, they'll hold that number one wildcard spot. And they'll wind up playing Calgary. And of course, Colorado would wind up playing Dallas. Here's a long-range bomb from Bouchard that's blocked in the slot. Puck back out to center. Bouchard gives it now for Warren Fogle. In across the Vancouver line. Gave it away. And the Canucks will clear. Sheldon Dries will knock it back in deep. Kulak. He's got the lone goal in this game for Edmonton. Getting it back into the Vancouver territory. Not that deep. Lamic will hold down Archibald. Fans want, fans want a penalty. They won't get it. Meantime, here's Ekman Larson. Rink wide. Highmore shot. Blocker save made by Koskinen. Zach Cassian will have a chance to gather it back and now clear the zone. Cassian skates down the right wing side into the Vancouver territory. Back to the line for Barry, who shoots and scores. Traffic in front of Martin. Tyson Barry. Getting a snapshot off, finds the back of the net, and we're in a 2-2 hockey game. Well, this is where Spencer Martin struggles, not being a bigger guy. He struggles with traffic in front of the net. 
And this is another shot from the point through traffic right by Spencer Martin. So that's something that teams will start to cue on, and he's going to have to get better over the summer at this. And this is just a snapshot from Tyson Berry. This should not go in. And it goes by Spencer Martin on the glove side. And we're tied at two, Joe. Tyson Berry with his seventh goal of the season. Zach Cassian should get one assist on the goal. Meantime, Pedersen has a chance from the slot for Vancouver. Wrist shot denied by Koskinen. Oilers have cleared up the wall and back out to center. 9-10, the time of that goal for Barry to put us in a 2-2 hockey game. Time of the goal always brought to you by Crow Mackay, your trusted accountants for over 50 years. Find out more at crowmackay.ca. Brad Hunt bringing it back into the Edmonton zone. Skates wide left. Throwing it in front. Couldn't find Garland going through the back doors. Puck deflects off to the glass. Oilers will clear as we pass the midway stage of the third period at Rogers Place. Garland trying to jab it up the boards, and he does. JT Miller will sweep it across the red line. Can't get it to a teammate, though, as Duncan Keith retreats. Now... Passing off for Pugliarvi, who will rattle it down to the Vancouver end. Shen had it, coughed it up to Hyman. Hyman kicking it back off the boards. Lost possession to Miller. He turned it over to Bouchard. Centering pass now for Pugliarvi, can't find the handle. Canucks on their heels a little bit, see Chase on, clip it high to center, and now he'll go off for a change. Bouchard, back in deep. Chen, leaving it for Garland. He's been out there for a long stretch of play. He'll give it back to Shen. Now have a chance to set up the breakup. Travis Dermott backhands it into the Edmonton. Doesn't stay there for long as Bouchard quickly headmans it to center. Pass picked off by Nick Patan. He'll flip it high and deep. Back behind the net of Mikko Koskinen. Oilers in turn get it back out to center ice. Tyler Myers will have to give Chase back to the corner in his own zone to regroup with the puck. Now Patan to center up the left wing for Ekman Larson. Trying to get a return feed to Patan, but the puck got away from him. Kulak put it up the wall in his own zone for Ryan. Out to center ice for Warren Fogel. In across the line, Fogel stops on the boards, waits for help. Pressured by Patan, did well to get it into the corner. But it's intercepted there by Ekman Larson, allowing Elias Pettersson a chance to wheel free the other way. Pettersson being hounded when he got to the Oilers' line, coughed it up to Cassian, and now it's Edmonton skating the other way with control. In across the line come the Oilers. Cassian with a redirect, put just wide. Kulak batting up off the wall. Pod Colson got to it first, and now Vancouver will skate it untouched to center. Pedersen will lead it in deep and peel off for a change. 7.37 remaining here in the third period. It's the Canucks two and the Oilers two in this regular season finale. Miller has got a goal tonight to have him on 99 points. Puts it back into the Edmonton end. With time and space, the Oilers take control. Shore 
Lost possession, following up as McLeod to put it back into his own zone. Bouchard now. In front of the penalty box, lost the puck. Canucks are content to chip it the other way. Feels like an overtime or a shootout game, doesn't it, Corey? Coming up our way. Oh, Joe, I was hoping you wouldn't say that. Not a lot of scoring chances right now. Nope. Just a lot of back and forth play between the blue lines, dump and chase hockey. Highmore skates it in to the Edmonton corner, centering feed for Lamico, never got to him. And Evander Kane wheels to center ice. Down the left wing side. Getting it to McLeod. Wheels around the net. Centering pass in front and a good chance by Russell coming in off the point. His shot hit a leg in front. Canucks clear. In turn, Kane rattles it back in deep. Yamamoto to Kane. Found on a one-time chance. And Pod Colson has a chance to counter the other way for Vancouver. Went into traffic at the Edmonton line as his teammates make changes. Oilers will have a chance to regroup in their own zone. Little more than six minutes to play here in the third period. Turnover by the Oilers in their own end. Pedersen trying to take it around the net. One hand on his stick as he's being hounded, but he fought off the check. Stays with it. Puts it into the slot for Myers. Myers forced it down low into the zone to Pod Colson. Around the net for Besser. Back to the point. Hughes, wrist shot, put wide. Rebound chance in close for Myers. Denied by Koskinen. Bouncing puck came free to Pugliarvi. And he'll scoop it off the glass and out to center. Uh, Brock Besser tried for a quick shot. He couldn't get the handle on it, but he had an empty net. Here's Besser on the left faceoff circle. Wrist shot right on target. And Koskinen will get the whistle. We'll take a break with five and a half to go in the third. It's the Canucks two and the Oilers two. You've got it on Alpine Credits. Canucks hockey on Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet radio network. You've got it on Alpine Credits, Canucks Hockey on Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Do you own your own home? Well, Alpine Credits can get your loan approved. Alpine Credits, where homeowners get approved. Visit alpinecredits.ca. Joey Kenward and Corey Hirsch with you. 5.33 to go in the third. It's the Canucks to the Oilers to. In case you're just joining us, JT Miller and Connor Garland have Vancouver's goals. Brett Kulak and Tyson Berry have scored for the home team. Shot clock favoring the Canucks by a wide margin, 37-29. But this game is completely up for grabs inside the five, final five minutes. Uh, Ed Edmonton's come out here in the third period. A couple of goals out shooting the Canucks 12-6. Chances 5-2 for Edmonton in this period. That's why we're tied at two. Ryan Nugent Hopkins falling when he hit the Canucks line, lost possession of the puck. Now Vancouver will move it through center. Connor Garland missed the pass, though, and that's an icing call against Vancouver. I wanted to mention this, Corey, for all of our listeners that throughout the course of 82 games, home and away, have purchased tickets for the online 50-50 jackpot for every Canucks game. Tonight's total jackpot this evening, the winner's share is $63,000. That's pretty good. Really but, the, good. but the total winner's share over a full hockey season for the Canucks in excess of $9.2 million. That's fantastic. Congratulations to all the winners. Congratulations to anyone who bought a ticket to help out the fundraising efforts for the Canucks for Kids Fund. Diana Campbell and Alex Oxenham from Canucks Sports and Entertainment do unbelievable work behind the scenes to help get that fundraising initiative out province-wide. Congratulations to everyone involved. And for the first time tonight, 
the Canucks are going to be shorthanded. Alex Chason has just taken a cross-checking penalty. Corey putting Edmonton on the man advantage. He does. He cross-checks Nugent Hopkins right in the low back. And that causes him to fall. And not only that, then he trips him. So I don't know if this is tripping or cross-checking this call. And it's going to go for tripping. It would be one or the other. No Connor McDavid, no Dreisaitl right now, though. But this Edmonton power play is still deadly. They sure are. Third best in the league at 26.1%. Canucks 31st in the NHL, having surrendered 58 power play goals against this season. Draw comes to the stick side of Spencer Martin. Vancouver will win it as Ekman Larson has a chance to clear it up the boards for Pedersen, who backhands it down the ice. Again, no Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl, who this year set a club record for power play goals in a season with 24. Think of all the standout wow. Hall of Famers that have played for that club, and Leon Dreisaitl has scored more power play goals than any of them in a single season. Oilers set up the power play to our right. Down low in the right-hand corner, Yamamoto. Off to the line it goes for Duncan Keith. Now Rick White feed for Bouchard. Pass in front, hit a skate. Pedersen diving to the puck, can't clear. Evander Kane with a wrist shot denied and a good stop by Martin. Puck comes now to the right circle. Bouchard holds, shoots. Blocker save made by Martin. Keith getting it back. Gives off to Bouchard again. Redirected pass in front. That one off the stick of McLeod. Put wide and Vancouver finally clear it down the ice. Oilers force it back into the Vancouver corner. Shen first to it, drills it high and deep the other way. 40 seconds to go here in this Edmonton power play. They've had some chances. Spencer Martin's been equal to the task. Nugent Hopkins crossed the line before the puck. Has to check back up on side, he does. Now it gets a return pass. Nugent Hopkins with a chance, robbed on a good pad save made by Martin. That's one of the better saves he's made in this hockey game. And it's still a 2-2 tie as the Canucks fire it down the ice. Now Fogle, he hits Nugent Hopkins right down the pipe. He goes in all alone on Martin. Martin just kicks that out with the right pad. Nugent Hopkins back on the attack. Gets into the Vancouver corners. The penalty to Chason is now out. Chason back into his own zone to find a loose puck. And he'll hoist it to center ice into the Edmonton end. This will be an icing call here against Vancouver with 2.46 to go in the third period. Now this is looking more and more like overtime. Pretty much in next goal wins territory right here. Let's give Spencer Martin some credit. He's played very well. I actually think Nugent Hopkins missed the net. I'm not sure Spencer Martin made a save here. And he did get a little piece of it looking at the replay, so good for him. Stop 27 of 29 shots. Have just actually been increased by a couple. He stopped 30 of 32 Oilers shots on target. Canucks will force the puck back out to center ice. Zach Cassian trying to get back inside the Canucks line. Fails to do so. Besser. Hacks it in deep. Pod Colson trying to gather it off the boards. Fails to do so. And the Oilers now clear. This won't be an icing. As Ekman Larson in a foot race to the puck, trying to gather it before Cassian. Got it around the net, but the Oilers retrieve. Kane 
Slides it across the crease. Puck comes off the far boards now. Kane towards the net. Pass was blocked. Bouncing puck comes to the near wall. Shore getting it to Barry. Now with a bad angle chance. Denied by Martin. Bouncing puck goes off the side of the net. Canucks though fail to clear. Barry with it at the line. Goes rink wide. Down low in the corner. Yamamoto trying to get out of traffic with a minute 40 to go here in regulation. Good read by Tyler Myers to poke the puck away from Yamamoto. And it's back out to center. Oilers force it back into the Canucks end. On it is Miller. Poor clearing attempt across the zone. Intercepted by Yamamoto. He though gave it away. Now Miller through the neutral zone waiting for help. Leaves it free for Chason. Back to Miller in the neutral zone. He fell, got back to his skates. Canucks are going to go back into their own zone to set things up. Hughes now with some space in across the Edmonton line to our left. Throwing it to the crease. Swept away by Koskinen with a minute to go now here in regulation. Nugent Hopkins trying to play it up the boards in his own zone. Successfully does. Vancouver in turn have a chance to get it back in deep. Chase on will rattle it back around the Edmonton goal. Koskinen playing it off the glass. Gets it down now for Nugent Hopkins with 40 to go. In across the line. Nugent Hopkins was tied up and driving the net. Couldn't find the pass. As Miller will scoop it back to center ice. Rice and go off for a change. Pugliarvi back in across the line. Getting it free now for McLeod. Can't get it on target or make that Hyman. He couldn't get it on target. Knox give it away. Hyman forcing his way down low in the zone. Pressure to his knees. Coughed it up to Ekman Larson, and he'll have a chance to wheel the center. Dickinson across the line with five to go in the period. Gives it to Lamico with a wrist shot. Just put wide as the horn will sound and time will expire. Great chance in the dying moments for Vancouver to pull ahead, but this game for a second straight night for the Canucks is heading to overtime. Stay with us. We'll have OT next. It's the Canucks 2 and the Oilers 2. You've got it on Alpine Credits, Canucks Hockey. Welcome back to Alpine Credits, Canucks Hockey on Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Joey Kenward, Corey Hirsch with you. We're heading to overtime in the season finale for the Vancouver Canucks. Tied at two with the Edmonton Oilers. Let's take a look at the turning point of the game, Corey. Brought to you by Northview Golf and Country Club. Two Arnold Palmer design courses. Great food, world-class facilities, and magnificent views. Book now at Northview Golf. Com. What would your turning point be so far to see this game go to OT? Well, I mean, I hate to pick the opposite team, but it's probably the tying goal by Tyson Berry. That's what's put us here in overtime. A little wrister from the point. And truly, the turning point's going to be the OT goal, but we don't have that yet, Joe. Let's see if we get it right now. Canucks three on three against Edmonton. Miller, Garland, Hughes on the ice. Kane. Barry and McLeod on the ice to start for Edmonton. We're underway with OT and Vancouver off the draw will take control of the puck. Hughes with it, or make that, excuse me, Miller with it from his own zone will lead the rush through center. Drop it inside the Edmonton line to Garland. Garland weaving his way back across the line, goes to the boards and gives off for Hughes. 
Hughes cutting into the slot on the backhand. Holtz put it in front to Miller. He's robbed by Koskinen. A great point blank chance. Oh, was he ever robbed by Koskinen? What a save that was. Canucks see it come back out to center. Garland is on it as Edmonton will make changes. Garland better be careful here. He's pressured to the bench by Kane, so he's forced to put it all the way back to Spencer Martin. Hughes now with it in his own zone. Edmonton's already had a chance to make their change. Canucks are going to be able to do it as well as Pedersen's now onto the ice, as is Besser. Pedersen leading the rush down the left wing. Lost the puck to Nugent Hopkins, and here come the Oilers three on two the other way. Pugliarvi, right side, skating it wide, going down low, taking it behind the net. Now it's pressured away off the stick of Ekman Larson. Pedersen will retrieve, and now the Canucks have a chance to regain their thoughts. Ekman Larson up ice for Besser. Right wing. Pedersen to the goal. Besser drags the puck. Holds. Shoots. Put it wide. Oilers regroup and are content just to slide it all the way down ice. This won't be hard enough for icing, but they'll get fresh legs over the boards. I think we'll see JT Miller out here again right now. Probably double shifting here in overtime. There he is. Back onto the ice as well as Garland, who's got the puck, and he'll race down the right wing. Cross the Edmonton line. Gives it off for Hughes. Middle of the point. Didn't see anything developing in front of him, so he retreats to center. Now Hughes goes back in across the Edmonton line. Dishes off for Miller. He's got space down the right side. Miller drops it for Garland. He blasted it wide on a one-timer. Hughes fishing it free behind the net. Gets it to Miller. Right face off dot. Down low to Hughes. Hughes coming in front. Hold, shoots, put it wide. Good chances here by the Canucks, and Hughes has lost his stick, and the Oilers have a chance to race the other way. Odd man rush for Edmonton. Holding the puck is Bouchard, but a great diving defensive read by Hughes, who had lost his stick. Dove Lake first to deny the scoring chance, and the puck is deflected out of play. Oh, and he was gassed. So Hughes goes in, and he takes a shot, and then I think his stick breaks. So he drops it. He goes back to the bench to grab a stick. Guys are holding their sticks over the boards. And as he goes to grab it, he's so tired he can't grab a stick. And he decides he's just going to go back to the zone, and he's gassed. He just does a double pad stack out of nowhere on Bouchard. What a play by Hughes. Face-off stick side of Martin. Oilers win the draw. Puck will come, though, back out to center ice. Kane. Working up front with McLeod on this power play. McLeod nearly coughed it up to Pedersen at his own blue line, but now he'll bring it up to center. Gives off for Kane. Kane down the right wing, crossing the line. Wrist shot, good pad save made by Martin. Canucks back in control as Ekman Larson wheels free inside his line out to center. Gives off now to Pod Colson, getting some three-on-three -three time here. Pod Colson. Waiting for help as he drops it inside the line. Giving it now to Hughes with a wrist shot put high over the target. That might have grazed the crossbar unless it hit the helmet and Koskinen says it is. And his helmet's loose. Koskinen wanting a whistle. He hasn't gotten it yet. Hughes, left faceoff circle. Spinning his way off the wall. Gives off for Pod Colson. Back to Hughes. Hughes, rink wide pass. Deflected to the glass. Pedersen got to it though and fires it all the way back into his own zone for Brock Besser. Well, so Koskinen probably popped a snap. That's probably what he's complaining about. Here's Besser getting some speed through the middle, crossing the line. Besser to the right boards. Scooping it now for Miller to Hughes. Now Besser, right side, pass in front, blocked down by the diving Chris Russell. Miller getting it back, 
looked for a blind backhand pass to Besser, but he never found him. Besser had to chase it free to the corner. Now he coughs it up to Miller, to uh, Russell, and the Oilers break free two on one. McLeod and Kane. McLeod to Kane. Kane shot went wide on the stick side of Martin. And now the Canucks go the other way in numbers. Miller up the middle. Here's a pass. Getting in front. Put high and wide. Great opportunity for Oliver Ekman Larson, but it deflects out of play. Uh, more three on three, please. That is incredible. I think Spencer Martin actually might have stopped this. Joe, he makes two great saves. Honey Bender, Kane, and then it goes down to the other end, and both goalies have been outstanding here in this overtime, but they have to extend it to 10 minutes. Make teams use more of their bench. Timeout has been called here, by the way, by Vancouver. Well, this is probably to give JT Miller a rest and get him out there for the last 51 seconds. That's good on Bruce Brudrow. They know this. And hopefully he gets a chance to get that 100 point. Had a few prior to that. Luke Shen and Mike Smith having some laughs together on the bench. You can see that. You guys have known each other forever. You betcha. All right, 51.5 seconds to go. Timeout is up. Faceoff is going to take place in the Oilers zone. Canucks on the ice for the draw. Miller's going to take it. Garland and Hughes. Besser's going to take this draw against Nugent Hopkins. It's a stalemate. He got it back to Hughes, but he had to chase it back out of the zone and bring it back through center. Hughes will retreat back into his own territory. And now lead the rush. Gives for Miller, wide left, going deep into the zone. Cutting around the net of Koskinen. Miller, now to the right boards. Dishes it off the wall for Hughes. Trying to come clean behind the net, and he can. Hughes to Besser with a, or make that Miller with a chance, and it went wide off the corner. Now it comes out to center, and Martin thought about coming out, and he won't get there first. In on goal, oh, what a save by Spencer Martin, robbing Zach Hyman, who had him beat in the foot race. It looked like he had him beat on the move, but he's denied, and here come the Canucks the other way. Garland, oh, <laughs> two on one, but Miller was trying to stay on side, and he never expected the pass, and time will expire on what was a frantic back and forth overtime period. Somehow neither team scored, but they'll have to solve it in a shootout. Well, I had the chances at four to three for the Canucks in overtime. That was crazy. And what happens is Hyman actually loses the puck. Spencer Martin forces him to deke, and that's actually a strategy by a goalie, though. But Martin didn't actually try to do that. He was going to come out and get the puck. But he's so far out and aggressive that Hyman has to deke. But, Joe, here's what happens. In overtime in the third period have been played, the ice gets bad in front of the goalie. So anytime you get an opportunity like that in a breakaway situation, you try to force the player to deke because that's what can happen on bad ice. Strategy. All right, we're going to a shootout. And that means JT Miller, whether he scores or not, will finish off his season with 99 points. He could get the shootout decider here. And that would be a nice feather in his cap to cap off the season. Canucks in shootouts this year are three and four. Oilers in shootouts this year are four and one. 
And both goaltenders have certainly earned their keep tonight, Corey. Canucks finish 65 minutes with 41 shots on goal. Oilers finish the game with 35. Oilers elect to shoot first. Ryan Nugent Hopkins will be the first shooter for Edmonton. Nugent Hopkins one-on-one -on -one against Spencer Martin. Backhand move put wide. Nugent Hopkins was a 32% success rate shooter in his career, but he puts his home team behind the eight ball. Uh, Spencer Martin again. Tough to beat, he gets real low with his pads. Elias Pedersen, first shooter for Vancouver, head-to-head -head against Koskinen. Pedersen into the slot, wrist shot put wide. Uh, you want to go glove side shelf on Koskinen. I'm not sure what Pedersen was thinking there. He tries to go low blocker. Koskinen's too big. And he looks at his stick after like it's a stick. Nope, user error. Evander Kane, first, er, first opportunity to hit the shootout for Edmonton. Three for 23 in his career. Wrist shot denied by Martin on a glove hand save. Oh, great save by Spencer Martin. Spencer Martin's still unbeaten in regulation this year, Joe. Makes a nice glove save here on Kane. Holds it up, doesn't drop it. JT Miller, second shooter for Vancouver. Nine for 22 in his career. Goes wide left and very slow. Now he's into the slot. Miller, forehand to the backhand. Denied by Miko Koskinen down low. Well, he likes to go super wide and then cut across. Koskinen doesn't bite. And then gets down nice and low and JT Miller's got nowhere to go. Kyler Yamamoto, the third shooter for the Oilers. His first career shootout attempt, and he fanned on a move, trying to go forehand, backhand, and the puck rolls to the corner. He's a really skilled finisher. I'm surprised that's the first career shootout for him, Corey. It obviously is, but again, Joe, bad ice in front of the goalie. Opportunity to... All right, Brock that. Besser can win it here for the Canucks. Lifetime, five for 22. Besser comes in with speed. Save made by Koskinen. Oh, we're gonna go to extra shooters here. And each guy has tried to deep Koskinen. I, I, I don't understand. Well, Pedersen shot, but he got in real tight. Derek Broussard, two for 15 in his career. Lifetime shootout attempts against Martin. Brassad with a wrist shot tonight on a right pad save by the Vancouver Netminder. Oh, nice little blocker save. Spencer Martin. And I got to think that Connor Garland's going to be up next for the Canucks. No, it's going to be Vasily oh. Pod Colson. His first career shootout attempt in the regular season finale. Pod Colson against Koskinen. Wrist shot denied by a pad save. Well, it's the last game of the year. We might as well keep going. Why not? Pod Coles and he ends up trying to go five one. Nothing there. Tyson Berry will be the next shooter. This will be just his seventh career attempt. He's only scored once. Berry against Martin. To the backhand, put wide. And Spencer Martin's five for five in the showdown. 
Uh, again, Tyson Berry tries to deke, loses the puck. Goes off the end of his stick and wide on Spencer Martin. There we go. All right, Connor Garland has a chance to seal the victory. He's eight for 18 in his career. He'll start from his own blue line. Cut left in across the Edmonton line. Now between the circles, Garland makes a move to the forehand. Denied on the short side by Koskinen. Uh, each player's gone wide on Koskinen, and I don't understand. Go right down the pipe and go glove side high. That's, that's how they score. Everyone keeps trying to decost, and he's too big. He gets his legs down on the ice and goes into the splits. Devin Shore with his first career shootout attempt in the NHL. Cuts right into the zone. Now in on goal. Wrist shot scores. Devin Shore puts the Oilers in the lead. A nice little move. He goes blocker side on Spencer Martin. I got to think you would probably shoot Quinn Hughes right now. Or Oliver Ekman Larson. I'd probably go with Hughes. Canucks put over the boards. Indeed, Oliver Ekman Larson. He's had a few in his career, 19 to be exact. Ekman Larson with a wrist shot, missed, and it's over. The Edmonton Oilers, who are playoff bound, cap off their regular season on home ice tonight. They needed six rounds of a shootout to defeat the Vancouver Canucks. Devin Shore, the only scorer for the home team in the shootout, seals the deal as the Oilers get past the Canucks 3-2. Let's take a quick look at our scoring summary. JT Miller opened the scoring in the first period with his 32nd goal of the year. He'll finish the season tied with Elias Pettersson for the goal scoring lead for the Canucks. Has 99 points on his season as well. It was 1-0 after one, it stayed 1-0 after two. Brett Kulak, even the game up for the Oilers, 31 seconds into the third with his fifth of the year. Connor Garland got Vancouver back into the lead with his 19th of the campaign at 2.35. Tyson Berry made it a 2-2 contest at 9-10. And that would be all the scoring in regulation. No scoring in the shootout or in overtime, not for lack of chances. Some great opportunities for both teams. And then, as we mentioned, Shore, the only score in the shootout, gives Edmonton the win. 41-35, the shots on goal favor Vancouver, but they lose 3-2 to the Oilers. This is Joey Kenward here for Sportsnet 650. Stay with us. Corey and I are going to be joined by Sat Shaw and Dan Riccio. They've got our post-game show now here on the Sportsnet Radio Network.